Hey, it's Charlie to the party. He's building Ludron. I'm doing the rudest. We talk about old stuff. It's past his prime to talk about because our old motto don't work no more. Well, we still do that occasionally, and, but yeah. And we're kind of, we decided the last little bit, hey, it's an anniversary or something. Let's just pick something old that is an anniversary. Well, technically, this is still Marvelous May. Talk about it. Which, we, we, which in the last couple of years we had set aside to talk about stuff we do like. Although historically mm -hmm. it's been stuff that has been underrated and things that we wanted to highlight and they were still pretty popular things because like i said we, we talked about baron munchaus and we talked about what we've done other stuff but this month because there's two big uh, anniversaries coming the first one was the empire strikes back and so i decided to talk about that that is the most yeah fundamental breaking of our thesis of this podcast that we've done so far and <laughs> we hemmed and hawed a little bit about what the second my second choice for marvelous may was going to be because the your your picks on the podcast are always now just disney plus things um, which I think, yeah, next week is Fantasia. Uh, I realized that, uh, this month is also the, uh, not only is it this the 40th anniversary of the release of The Empire Strikes Back, this is the 30th anniversary of the release of not necessarily a great film, but still mm. a pretty good film, and the conclusion to a motion picture trilogy, which is one of the better movie trilogies ever. Uh, we're talking about Back to the Future 3, uh, released mm -hmm. in, uh, yeah, I think it was like May Glorious 25th. Technicolor. Yeah, on it too. Uh, yeah, released, I think it's like around, it was Memorial Day, 1990. And mm. <laughs> this is, man, this is a big deal. I was really hyped for this movie back in the day. Back to the Future, well, it's going to blow anyone's brain. I like Back to the Future a whole lot, which makes me completely different from every other kid. What? Do, yeah, what's your history with Back to the Future and or specifically Back to the Future 3? Uh, we watched, um, I think we had, like, it recorded off the of TV because they had those weird, you don't really, you know, maybe they still do it, I don't know, but you don't seem to get it as much anymore with the weird censorships that they did, like, <laughs> you mean on, like, that. the broadcast TV? A, yeah. Yeah, when he calls the bad guy an asshole, he doesn't, he's well, like, a, he's a jerk! Yeah, well, at, the, at the end, he's like, what, we become, instead of saying, do we become assholes, he's like, what, we become jerks or something? Yeah. Yeah. Asshole, I think, is probably the worst term that gets slung. There's a bit here where he says, lighten up jerk. And I'm convinced that he, the original line was lighten up asshole because it's edited slightly strangely. And I wonder, because uh. I think they say asshole a couple other times in this movie. They say asshole a couple times in all the movies. But I wonder if like saying asshole three times was enough to maybe almost give them a PG-13 so they changed that. Which, lighten up asshole would have been a perfect button to that scene. I kind of wish they could have kept it. but Do you prefer... <sighs> To call people asshole or butthole? Butthole's funnier to say. I think so, too. People talk about, like, cellar door is supposed to be one of the most pleasing words in the English language to say, which, I mean, it's not terrible, but I never saw the appeal, but butthole. It's mm. so perfect, just butthole. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, butthole mm -hmm. makes it sound like your five-year-old yelling at someone who's asshole. You know, it's got that punch to it, but... Uh, yeah, well, I, I was a huge... Back to the Future, the original Back to the Future, is still, like, one of my top top, top five favorite films of all time. And I saw that movie so many goddamn times. I think we recorded it off of HBO, and I just... I probably watched it at least once a month, the, the, the entire... Like, between 1985 and 1989. And I was super hyped when they announced that they were making not just one, but two sequels to the Back to the Future. And, uh, they announced that they were making uh, them back-to-back, -back, and... Uh, releasing them within six months of an, each other. The Yeah, the 30th anniversary of the release of Back to the Future 2 is back in November. 
And Back to the Future 2 is not necessarily good. It's more interesting than it is good, but it's still entertaining. It's still a good movie. Um, mm-hmm. And Back to the Future 3, I think everyone agrees that Back to the Future 3 is the bad, better of the two prequels. It's still not nearly as good as the first one. Prequels? Or sequels, what the fuck. And it's weird, too, because it was... This is, like, right before all those 90s westerns became a thing. When Back to the mm. Future... I'm kind of surprised... Like, I know, like, this is, you know, Steven Spielberg produced joint, so Spielberg and Zemeckis could... Oh, this is, is this the first good Zemeckis movie we've talked about? Uh, probably. How many... Have we just... Well, we did Polar Express, we did Christmas Carol, and this is the third one of yeah. his he did that we're talking about? Thank God... No, so. we did Roger Rabbit. Um, oh, yeah. And and that's one of the things, that's, that's why it took them kind of a little while to get back to Back to the Future, because... As soon as Back to the Future was done, uh, Zemeckis signed the deal to do Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and of course that took all of his time. Uh, essentially four years of his time before he could uh, make Back to the Future 2 and 3. And, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's kind of one of the terrible things is between Roger Rabbit and the Back to the Future sequels, you could already kind of see Zemeckis' preference for fucking with special effects over story kind of starting to creep into his work a little bit. Um, be- what are you talking about? There's, some... There's no special effects in this movie. <laughs> This movie's got the dodgiest special effects out of the trilogy. There's a couple, some blue screens in this that are like, oh, they, they were really <laughs> tired by the time they're getting. Well, I guess it was a big deal, too, because uh, they shot. They, I guess they spent all of 1989 filming these two movies. And not only that, but as they were wrapping up like the back half of Back to the Future 3, they were editing and getting Back to the Future 2 ready to premiere. And in fact, they were. Uh, Back to the Future 2 debuted with a trailer for Back to the Future 3 on it, and they were still in the middle of filming Back to the Future 3 when that when, when Back to the Future 2 came out in theaters. And there's a whole thing about how Zemeckis, because they were filming Back to the Future 3 up on a ranch up in Northern California. And so, like, every every other day, he had to, like, he had to, uh, at the end of filming, uh, at the end of the filming day up in Northern California for Back to the Future 3, he had to fly down to L.A. to help edit Back to the Future 2. And then wake up in the morning and then fly back to uh, Northern California to film like a day and a half of Back to the Future 3. Then come back down to L.A. and edit more Back to the Future 2. Which, they, oh, that considered, I'm kind of surprised Back to the Future 3 is as good as it is considering how tired the filmmakers were. It sounds like the cast and crew had a really good time filming this stuff. Because it mm-hmm. was like, they were like, oh, it's just fun cowboy stuff. That was kind of fun to do. We like Yeehaw. it was so entirely different from anything else in the other first two films that they were like, oh, British, pretty funny. Um, but yeah, this shit's corny as shit. Um, what? You can totally tell this movie was made by a bunch of aging baby boomers because they're like, oh, what was big when we were kids in the fifties? It was cowboy shit. So let's make a very goofy, silly nineteen nineteen kind of fifties ish western movie. And it is nice because at least Doc Brown gets to be a little more focused in this one. Um, while re-watching this last night, I was kind of got to thinking, how wonder if this would almost be a better movie. It would have been breaking the template of the movie, but I almost kind of wish they had kind of made this really specifically even more Doc's movie by having him really be the central character. Like, instead of having, instead of starting off the movie with, uh, Marty in 1955, with Doc from 1955, trying to get Marty back in time, it almost kind of has been nice to see things. I don't know how you would have told this from the story and still had it made sense, but it would have been nice if this had started off with seeing Doc show up in Hill Valley in 1885 and getting acclimated to the town and then suddenly Marty shows up out of the blue. Because you can just, like, it's it's Doc from 19... Doc in 1980... Oh, eight, 
I'm trying to, this already fucking me up. It's Doc in 1885 who comes up with the whole plan. Uh, he he could have told that story from Doc's perspective, is all I'm saying. And that could have been a little mm -hmm. more interesting. Um, but it's still pretty good. Um, yeah. It's Mary Steenburgen is like perfect, perfect casting as uh, the, the love interest. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. This is just. Yeah, it's such an, an innocuously fuzzy, comforting movie. It, like I said, it's not necessarily that great, but it's just nice. That's the most like mm -hmm. best thing you can say about this movie. It's so nice. Uh, the pacing is a little weird. <laughs> I always forget that after Marty goes back uh, to the future at the very end, there's still like 15 minutes where he jumps in his truck with his girlfriend and drives around just so they could wrap up the whole thing they set up in Back to the Future 2 with him having to avoid um the the car accident with the mercedes that's supposed to fuck up his future and that's the other thing, that's the real thing that kind of brings down the sequels in general is that they only work because suddenly they made marty a lot stupider the whole chicken thing is such yeah. a random <laughs> character trait they had to like retroactively plug into the character and it sucks that it, I, I i i could see why they use that as a crutch because these two sequels are so complicated plot wise that I guess they mm -hmm. had to kind of make Marty stupider just to, just to make all the ambitious story stuff that they were doing works, but it is kind of suck because Marty definitely feels like less of a sympathetic character in these two movies because he's so he's he's he doesn't he doesn't feel like he's um, operating under his own power. It feels like he's just everything all of his decisions, especially when he falls for the chicken shit. He's just doing it just that's because that's what the script says. So, like at least in the first one in the first movie, he felt like more like a normal human being, but. That's not the end of the world, but... And yeah, this is... Yeah, again, and it's also just interesting that, like, this is before uh, movie franchises were expected to be movie tra franchises, and of course, you know, like, these days for after... Uh, we're living in a world after Lord of the Rings where they filmed all three of those movies back-to-back. -back. And in fact, when they were pitching the, ba the, the Lord of the Rings movies, they used the se Back to the Future sequels as an example of, like, how they could do this. Like, this set of precedents that allowed, like, uh, Lord of the Rings to get made... And that set a precedence that let, like kind of allowed the Marvel movies to get made. Where Marvel, you know, just ten years after the Lord of the Rings movies, they were like, "Well, we'll start work on like an Iron Man and a Thor and a Captain America movie all at the same time." And, mm -hmm. and so this is kind of a little bit of the, of one of the major seeds towards like you know movie shared universe bullshit uh, with with Back to the Future two and three. But do you care about westerns or anything at all? I don't know if you have any. Uh, I'd like a handful. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite but, uh, Western? Uh, put me on a spot here. Uh, <laughs> I'd probably support. Yeah. I'd probably support your local sheriff just because it's a nice, we're, lighthearted. We're gonna have fun to sit down and talk comedy. about that because you keep on pushing for that, and you don't push yeah. for it hard. But you're always like, we could do support your local sheriff. Is that Don Knotts? It was. No, it's um. Tim Conway. Uh, Maverick. Oh, it is. Uh, Man, I would. Yeah, I, James, yeah okay. Yeah. yeah, and the guy with the floaty eye, who was in that <laughs> sitcom Feldman? with Mark, who, yeah, with, his, no, 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 the other floaty eye guy, <laughs> the western floaty guy. Oh, the guy who played the doctor. The one that was in the, the, the Science... television, the, the, the television show with Gary Busey and Mark Hamill. Jack Elam? Yeah. Yeah, he's the one they make fun of him in Mystery Science Theater. Crow shows up with his eye going off and he's like, I'm Jack Elam. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's such a terrible... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, he also shows up in the Cannonball Run Part 2. He plays a crazy mm. doctor who's all like, I'm going to inject the hot ladies with my sex serum. Uh, 
<laughs> back to the future 2 or back to the future 3 starts off with like the universal credits thing that gets used throughout the rest of the 90s where it's like all-timey universal stuff which actually now that i've like watched the universal horror movies so much more often after this i get a little nostalgic I'm like, oh, and also 90s shut up mm. actually didn't even start up starts off with it's, it's it's the end of back to the future one mm-hmm it's saturday november 12th 1955 red letter date in the history of science yeah uh-huh it's um it's the recap from two movies ago, but this time Marty runs up after Dark is dog is like, Yeah, I do it. I came I'm back from time. the future, yeah. And Marty's like, Yeah, who it me? I is back again and Doc said Great Scott and faints. Uh and this is the Great Scott thing's a little, a little worse. I do like towards the end of this movie they kind of flip their catchphrases a little bit where Marty says get Great Scott and you know, but, but yeah, big, big triumphant music, back to the future three. Um, <laughs> this is, uh, I guess, uh, I guess it's a good thing. I guess Doc, there's a whole plot thing of the whole end of the Back to the Future one centers around uh, Doc ripping up the letter that Marty writes for him saying, you, when, when I go back in time, you'll get shot. And I guess he must have put those pieces in his pocket because if he scattered, let them scatter to the wind, Marty would be fucking up the timeline by accidentally knocking Doc out and dragging him back home unconscious because then Doc wouldn't have Bill, pieces of that letter. What am I saying? If we point out the plot holes in the Back to the Future <laughs> movies, we're going to be here all day. Oh, I just thought it out there. That's something <laughs> I thought about before. But I do like it. They're all sleepy. This is really... I always like this music. It's nice little, nice little lullaby music. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Don't skip the scene where... Where Marty c- carries a big old dummy into the house. <laughs> it's probably not even Marty. Do you think? You think? Do you think Michael J. Fox is carrying like fucking four foot tall? Michael J. Fox is carrying eight <laughs> foot tall. Fucking even a dummy of 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 fucking Cruz from Star Lloyd, Trek Three. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, you get to see but, the Gamble Mansion, which is like an actual real world world mansion that's uh, that always uh, substitute for a Doc's mansion. Is always cool. Yeah. Is it known what Doc does to have a fucking mansion? He, there's reference in the first film that he, he, he just had like a family fortune. And mm. he got the money to build the time machine because this mansion built, uh, burns down in between uh, 1955 and 1985. It's, it's left to open to conjecture whether or not he intentionally tortured for the insurance money. Because at the beginning of the first Back to the Future movie, uh, you get to see old newspaper clippings. Uh, of the past, and it says he's, he's like he's like made a mu- bunch of money from insurance from his his this man this mansion that we're seeing now burning down, and the only part that survived mm. was the garage, which that's what he's working out of in 1985. Okay, yeah, so what are you, some kind of Back to the Future expert? <laughs> God, I'm fucking terrible shooting now. But yeah, no, it's all nice, and like I guess my Demarty like took all their clothes off, and now they're sleeping naked next to each other in, the, in their beautiful mansion. And, it's very romantic. I do like Marty's, like, he's sleeping with his feet kicked up on the hoverboard. Mm. You know? And they just want to remind you of the fact they brought back the hoverboard because it t- plays a little bit of a thing in the plot later at the very end of the movie, but yeah. Yeah. The next morning, it's howdy duty time! Yeah. Which I guess that is, is the broadcast from whatever, that- like, that's actually, like, si- like 7.01 a.m. Sunday, November 13th, 1955. That's actually, like, when it would have aired in California, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. So, uh... It wakes up Doc, and he recaps the prior night to his recorder, but unaware that Marty's there also until he startles him and makes him do a great Christopher Lloyd scream that he can do, and then falls into the organ, goes right? into yeah. an organ. Yeah. Yeah. I do like because it creates the shock moment of the music of the organ, whoa, when he's all scared and shit like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. It's also a nice excuse for him to recap the events of the first two films briefly because he's ta- ma- ma- you know making the the audio notation for himself. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, but he doesn't believe Marty's story about uh, himself being sent back to 1885. It's a or little goofy because they're trying but to. Doc's re- got a letter. Yeah, they're they're they're. Or re- Marty has a letter. They're redoing. The, there's the same scene of this in Back to the Future One, and they're kind of redoing it now, which is why suddenly Doc gets all like weird and like yeah. Yeah. After all the shit I've seen, I'm not gonna believe this thing. <laughs> you do get to see there is a clock over the toilet in his bathroom, which is a plot point from the first movie too. Holy shit. Oh my god. I can't god. believe it. It's like we're living in a rally. And what maybe the sweatiest <laughs> joke in the world comes up next where he like Doc is like cuts to reading Doc's letter from 1980 uh, from 1885 Doc. And he's reading with a magnifying glass and it's held up to his lips and like they for some reason they put all that they, they put that shot in all the trailers for this movie and even like in the ZZ Top video for this movie. Like it was well, the funniest you know he's thing. Wacky. And it's like, he's oh, wacky. that's that's the first time watching even watching this movie brand new on opening day in 1990, I was like, this, this is a little sweaty. <laughs> the comedy in these movies get a little sweaty now, yeah. So it turns out he's a blacksmith from the old west, yeah. and uh, the time machine that he got sent by well, can't fly no more. So he left instructions for his 1955 self on how to fix it, hit it in a cave. Uh, he's also super stoked to be living in dirt and manure, so don't even bother trying to come and save him. It does. I do like he, a 1955 doc. is like, well, I guess I always wanted to be a blacksmith. I guess it, it tracks. It makes sense. And um, I should also, the continuity, we're talking about doc is in a garage. They suddenly cut. They are actually in doc's garage now. So I guess like within the cut, they've even though they're all in the same costumes and everything like that, I guess they've just gone out to doc's garage because you get to see that doc's got like the model of, of, of Hill Valley that he built in Back to the Future 1 and stuff like that. Um, so, anyway, go ahead. So, they got a blast open the entrance where he hit the car and uh, a mine with an Old West graveyard out there. Do those still, do those I, still or ever exist? I, guess in 19- I mean, obviously, they exist in the Old West. But. I guess it's only 70 years later, so I'm much less likely in 1985 or especially 2015. The, 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 there would be an Old West graveyard outside, but it also doesn't make any sense that, like, how how did the like the geography of Hill Valley change so much that in 1885 they were essentially hit, like Hill Valley is located in the middle of like Monument Valley Utah, but like in 1955 and 1985 it's only like this lush like Northern Californian green town. But, yeah, anyway. It's got a ravine. It's got a desert. <laughs> it's got everything you need for the plot to work exactly. Yeah, it's got clock so, towers. Uh, it's got lightning bolts and. Mm-hmm. They find the DeLorean behind some nicely stacked rocks and boards. Just yeah. one layer of rocks. Don't make it too hard for those old boys to get in there. While they're going down, they're like... Uh, it's it's actually... Doc starts blabbing about uh, how this is just like um, Journey to the Center of the Earth, and he starts going off about how Jules Verne is his favorite author. Kind of out of nowhere, but they're just... It's its actually kind of clever, because of course they're setting up the, up the stuff with Clara later on in the film. But it is funny that the, the reveal of the, the, of the DeLorean is... His, yeah, his letters written to a wall, which that's how they pay off that little setup here a little bit at the start by saying, oh, this is I, that's exactly what happens during the center of the earth, I guess. But yeah, the, the DeLorean's just under a tarp. And I guess the wheel, yeah. the tires are all rotted out. And yeah. Hey, random tangent, but it's related to this movie. Yeah. How much would it suck to like travel in through time like Marty does, but not have he goes back and all his family's like, "Hey, we're cool now," but not have any memories of growing up with those people? Yeah, because it would be fundamentally different. I love, 
They always crack me up. Back to the Future 1, he suddenly makes his family rich at the end. But they're all still living in this tiny ranch house together. <laughs> this shitty tiny mm. ass little... Especially, like, he's supposed to be the youngest sibling, and he's in high school, so presumably his two older siblings are old enough to, like, not live at home with their parents, but they're, like, Back to the Future 1, they're changed, so they're, like, both, like, high-powered, like... Uh, expensive professional people, but they're living at home with their parents in this tiny ranch house. It makes no sense, but yeah. Well, yeah, no, there is some existential weirdness about, like, because Marty, I mean, technically he improves his situation at the end of Back to the Future 1, but, like, these are now kind of fundamentally different people than he should know, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway, um... They find it, and there's all oh, the circuit blood blowed out. No wonder it was made in Japan. Fucking um, racist, Doc. Come on. Jeez. What was World War II like 10 years ago? Oh, yeah, what are you seriously. doing? So after they hook the car up to the tow truck, Doc wanders uh, aloud about how he can, if he can look himself up in the history books. And Marty's like, oh, gee, Doc, you shouldn't try that. You're the one that's always talking about, oh no. The funny thing is, I know you're going for, like, I know, it actually, as a passive. Oh, I know, it's more Morty. But no, but it's it, like, you get the gist of, like, that is actually, you can kind of see the seeds of how Marty informs, right? Like, you know, yeah. This, you, you're, you're the missing link. Your performance as Doc and Marty is the missing link <laughs> between Doc and Marty and Rick and Morty. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Which is so funny, because I've seen people online, like, they will watch Back to the Future having... Without realizing that Rick and Morty was inspired by Back to the Future, they're, they're like, "This is a lot like Rick and Morty," and the, like, it's like other people have to explain, like, the, "This is that's the joke, it's the, it's a parody." But yeah. yeah, yeah, people are real dumb. Yeah. So uh, his dog is missing, so Marty goes and finds him, but the doggy is all sad, sitting at a grave. <sighs> it turns out to be Doc Brown's grave. Oh no! Yeah, they just happen to be sitting here all day, mm. standing next to Doc Brown's grave, and they didn't realize it. You know. Mm-hmm. He was shot in the back by Mad Dog Tannen over a matter of eighty dollars. It was erected in the eternal memory by his beloved Clara, Who's who Clara? plunged off a cliff to her death before they met. Yay! <laughs> um, <laughs> Marty's not. Just, huh, just picturing yes. Lear, just picturing Mary Steenburgen and like Homer Simpson falling down the ravine, hitting every <laughs> rock on the way down. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> And that's a very specific, actually not so much the image, but the sound of Mary Steenburgen and screaming as she's hitting every rock. Shut up, Bill. I love Mary Jesus. Not- she's a masterpiece. If you're going to have a romantic interest for Christopher Lloyd, that's great casting. Mm. So he was shot only a week after he wrote the letter to Marty. Son of a bitch. Oh, so but Marty's not going to let that happen. He's going to go back to the past and save him. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but now that that Doc knows he gets shot in the back over a matter of $80 with Tannic. Can't he just pay him back? What do you mean? Send Marty back with 80 bucks? No, Doc, from the past, he knows he gets shot in the future over $80, so can't he just be like, I'll oh, just pay him. Oh, I see. Like, when I get to that situation, make sure to bring back eight, put an extra, slip an extra 80 bucks into my pocket from his chest of, like, money from Back to the Future 2. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually, well, actually, that's a good point, because Marty actually Doc would have had a shitload of money with you when it back in time. I mean, I know that's not the point, but if you're gonna, like, yeah, take the logic of... Oh, that's actually not entirely... Hmm, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's Mad Doc Tannen. It's not really about the $80. He just wants to kill everyone anyway, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do love when they, they, they suddenly cut to them and they're, they're, they're researching stuff about back to the 
back to the future's past, Hell's Valley's past. Uh, it's one <laughs> actually, if you really look at it, it's obviously just a matte painting that they're standing in for the establishing shot of the library. But uh, they mm. go back, yeah, they're, they're looking. I'll let you talk. This is all plot stuff. No, it's fine. I, I don't think I took any notes on the library. I don't know. The one, one thing, I think I mentioned this on the podcast actually a couple weeks ago. I was joking about how I always liked the. Uh, there was a little bit here where uh, Doc points out that, like, his family, they didn't immigrate to the United States until after the 1900s, and even then they were known as the Von Browns, but they changed their name during World War One, which I always thought was kind of a nice little touch. Um, mm. But anyway, so, they, yeah, they find pictures of, like, Doc Brown in 1885 and look up the history of Mad Dog Buford Tannen, and they can't figure out any history about exactly what happened to anybody from back then, because I guess Buford hey. killed the, like, the newspaper editor. If uh, he was so in love with Clara at that point in time why didn't he take the photo with Clara? Why did he take the yeah, yeah, why is he standing there alone? Because presumably they would have been especially with Marty not there, they would have been macking at the goddamn festival yeah, and presumably he should have, he should have been balls deep in her with that photo. <laughs> what a great thing actually in the photo. She's like yeah. doing a Fuego, where the hell that's called while he's like, oh, that's a Rick and Morty shit right there they actually start the clock at the ceremony by they like he fucks her while the well they're they're, they're trying to press the button. It's at, uh, just shut up, Bill. No, you're fine. I'm the one that made I'm the. Cre- I'm creating a very specific <laughs> terrible sense. So they go and they drive to the middle of a desert where a drive-in happens to be. So Marty doesn't run into any trees or anything. Yeah. Doc also dressed him like an asshole. <laughs> You think a man of science would know how to dress him like from the history book photos? I mean, it is not 1950s like, at the height of like the western like Gene Autry type bullshit, but yeah. Um, and there's a joke about Marty comes out of the uh, the Braves quote unquote bathroom at the the drive-in, and he's like, uh, "This uh, Clint Eastwood would never dress like this." Of course, Doc has no idea who Clint Eastwood is. The joke is that when Marty says that, he's standing next to a poster for Revenge of the Creature, which is the Creature from the Black Lagoon mm. sequel that was Clint Eastwood's first, uh, not starring role, but he just plays a lab technician. And that gets pointed out in the episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000, which they parody, which they, they actually did Revenge of the Creature as an experiment on Mystery Science Theater 3000. So, oh, Well, there you go. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> So it's a joke. Yeah, it's a... I laugh. <laughs> it is truly fundamentally hilarious. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah. So, uh... But if Marty travels back in time, what the hell straight runs straight into the paintings of the Indians? Hey, that's a real sweaty way to set it up. <laughs> Marty can't be that dumb. Hey, Doc, those Indians it's sit just, there for like 50 years, right? Again, it's it's kind of Marty being stupid for so Doc has an excuse to like explain the plot again. But even, yeah, it's kind of unforced to die like Doc. Marty's not that dumb. He's now an experienced time traveler. <laughs> Doc should have just stared at him and Marty go, oh yeah, right. <laughs> it's just like it goes on for 30 they seconds. They won't be there. Doc getting angry and angrier the more Marty doesn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, and of course they're setting up because when he goes back in time there's actual Indians there. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. so he travels back in time after Doc shoots a gun. He should have given Marty into the air. Uh, that's a, oh, this is a terrible thing. I was so excited about these movies. Both Back to the Future 2 and 3. I read the novelizations before I saw the films. And in, I'm assuming it's the deleted scene, Doc does offer uh, Marty the same gun, but Marty refuses because he says he doesn't want to have to kill anybody. And uh, there's a whole bunch of... Uh, there's a bunch of I do like the bit where Marty's in the car and he's right, right, he's revving up the engines for the DeLorean. This is high ho silver. Which, that's a great... Mm. That's cute because the car is silver. 
but it's also <laughs> the West. And I'm actually surprised they, that should have been a moment they should have put in the trailers because that's kind of a cool, nice, like, aha, uh-huh, I gotcha. And then, yeah, you, you, time travels go back in time. This last, this is the last time we get to see 1955. Yeah, Marty's Marty's the engines. some dying old Native Americans riding their horses. Yeah, maybe this is not the most culturally sensitive film ever made. I- I mean, right into some what baby boomers think Native Americans were like. It is some fucking. I know. Again, we know. Yeah, it is baby. It is for fucking nineteen fifties depiction of Native Americans here because it's all like oh, boom, 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 boom. It is the most like color pool. At least they're not like. Even though, like, I guess there is an arrow in the DeLorean later. It's kind of insinuate that they're not really chasing Marty as much as their team being chased by the cavalry, so I guess the Indians are yeah. at least a little on the sympathetic side, I guess. But but yeah, Marty gets chased know. by the Indians into the cave that Doc had said that yeah. he could hide the DeLorean in later. It's interesting, too. I didn't realize um, it's actually it was done to prevent the actual fictional damage that happens to the DeLorean in this scene. Uh, this is not actually one of the DeLoreans uh, built for production. This is actually a dune buggy. That they strip the skin off of and put DeLorean parts onto, because of the because you know DeLorean's supposed to be a sports car. It's like built low to the ground, and there was mm. no way, even with the world's biggest tires, they couldn't get the DeLorean off off the ground high enough to be able to uh, drive across the desert like this across the desert brush. So yeah, this is actually a dune buggy dressed up to look like a DeLorean in these scenes. Because, but it's funny because the actual the fiction of the scene talks about how the fuel line gets ripped because you know DeLorean's not made to travel. It's this kind of bullshit. <laughs> Also, the cavalry's there, and also there's a his fuel line got busted. Yeah, and also there's a bear that roars at him and chases him. Which I guess is there it's... just to explain why Marty doesn't bother to try to collect the gasoline. I mean, I guess he's not really mm. thinking about that anyway, because even later with Doc, he's like, "Oh, hey, we'll just stop and get some gasoline." And Doc's like, "Ah." But yeah, the bear. It's funny because you can totally see in the shots where. Uh, where Marty's actually in shot, which Michael J. Fox, it's just a dude in a bear suit, but then it cuts away, then it's an actual bear. It's pretty cute. Mm. Yeah. And the bear steals his his boots that were too tight for him, and it says, this will go very well with my purse, thank you. (laughs) I'm playing too much Animal Crossing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you for boots, yeah. He keeps running, and then he falls down a hill and knocks himself out on a fence. And then his ancestors like, Maggie, got some water. We got a heart band out here. And at no point does anybody say, yeah. <laughs> and he looks exactly like you. This is, uh, this is, originally this is supposed to be Crispin Glover. Um, because the whole point was like, the, like, because the Marty's ancestor in this movie, it's kind of a flip of the original film where Marty spent the whole time trying to convince Crispin Glover, played by his dad, to get confidence and stuff like that. The whole joke in this was supposed to be Crispin Glover playing his grandfather, trying to give advice to Marty to be more confident, not, you know, take all this like chicken shit, yellow stuff, the, the, the taunting and teasing to heart. But there's a whole kerfuffle about how they used Crispin Glover's footage of uh, Crispin Glover of uh, a footage of Crispin Glover from the first film in Back to the Future 2 without crediting him, without paying him. Crispin Glover sued Steven Spielberg and Bob Zemeckis for a million dollars. He won. Laws had to be changed about how uh, likeness rights for actors can be used or recycled in future films. And so, of course, when Back to the Future 3 came around, they were like, well, I guess we're not using Crispin Glover, so we'll just make it Marty McFly. We'll just Michael J. Fox the whole time again, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, we get another one of those scenes where Wardy wakes up, being tended to by Leah Thompson. Which makes no sense, technically. The genetics in this family is all kinds of fucking bizarre. (laughs) Because, when this movie came out, that's one thing I saw people pointing out, that doesn't make any sense, because the whole point is that Leah Thompson comes from the other side of the family. If he had been, if he had to run into the Lorraine Baines's family, it makes sense they would all be Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson genetics should not be in this family until her, until she meets Crispin Glover in, in Back to the Future One. Well, why? It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. I, I guess once they decided they were like the the, the mom was going to be, or the dad was going to be Crispin Glover, or once they decided that was going to be Michael J. Fox, they're like, oh, let's just bring back Leah Thompson and she'll just play his terrible Irish wife too. But like that, <laughs> I, I don't know what this movie's more racist towards Indian, Native Americans. Or Irish people. I get the feeling the Irish people in this movie is not necessarily culturally sensitive depiction, but yeah, because they're all like, hello, Scotton Bagoda. They're all like the most broad. <laughs> I, like, I'm not Irish, but even to me, I'm like, Egh. yeah. So they, they feed him. Yeah. He's water is dirty at dinner. His rabbit has buckshot it. I and love the baby is. Is his great great grandfather? I, or just I love that. Some for some reason, the dirty water makes me especially just like, like nasty. And also, while they're talking, while while Marty's talking to his great grandfather, who of course looks like him, and is just it's all blue screen and split screen shit like that. Uh, there's a couple shots where Leia Thompson walks in front of them to cover up parts where they're like handing things to each other, and she's obviously just got a blue screen just to cover up some of the transitions and stuff like that. Looks, looks. <laughs> Even back in 1990, that shit didn't look necessarily look look that great, but yeah. But yeah, there's a whole bunch of computer controls. They did a little bit of this, and actually did most of this in Back to the Future too, where like they had computer control cameras, so like Marty could be handing or Michael J. Fox could be handing props to other versions of himself at the dinner table and they do a little more of that here but yeah yeah the wife don't know but his doppelganger Seamus Seamus right yeah, Seamus yes Seamus has a good feeling about him probably because you two look exactly a fucking like yeah they didn't even put a prosthetic nose on this asshole or anything I just give him facial yeah, hair nobody give him like a shitty tell. ass little theater beard and and he's all like yeah the baby thinks kindly of you it's, it's so I guess I guess we see a photo of, of, of Marty's grandfather in the book and, and when they're at the library. And, that yeah, that's supposed to be the first McFly born in America. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's... The, the, this movie, even more than the first two movies, gets a little sweaty with, like, I have a good feeling of that guy who looks exactly like us. And, oh, you should be mindful of the future, Mr. McFly. And just, like, there's mm-hmm. so much of that in this movie. It's like, okay, can we get it? Okay. And every time they say that, they nudge him in the ribs and, and say, eh? Uh, uh, get it, get it. It is that kind of, like, sweaty shit. I, it's <laughs> cute, though, but yeah. And then he gets peed on by his grandpa. Yep. Great grandpa. The drop kicks him across the room and runs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the next day, Marty goes to Hill Valley with a new hat, and nobody else is dressed like an asshole, just him. Yeah, it's all pink and you know, shit. Yeah, what the fuck was wrong with... Yeah. with why did Doc, Doc dress him like a twink? What the fuck is going on? Yeah. yeah oh, you know, I didn't I, realize I was, I'm looking, watching it now. Uh, this is obviously just custom-tailored for this movie, because I, uh, uh, Marty's costume has... Uh, on the shoulders, there's like electron the nuclear, nuclear thing. I never noticed that before. Which is. that's the talk design that costume from scratch over night. Because why? Anyway, yeah, the atomic kid. Nah. Um, anyway, but yeah, then it cuts to the the, the, the shot that was well, in all the trailers of the cameras uh, flying over the Hill Valley sign, and you see that it's yeah. all just a western town now. Yeah. So also the marshal's out of town. He's gone to Hayesville for a hanging of Stinky Lomax. 
how stinky do you have to be in the old west to be known as stinky? Yes, I know exactly. He must have been fucking putrid. Holy shit! And we find also, out later. I mean, I was like, oh, that explains why the marshal's not in town and why like uh, the bad guy's able to run rampant. But he's got deputies. Where the fuck are all those? His deputy ends up arresting uh, Biff Mad Dog at the end of the film. Yeah, we find out later the marshal. It's it's Strickland. It's Strickland's, I guess, grandfather later on. But yeah, yeah. Uh, they they do everything they can to make sure Strickland is barely involved in the film, otherwise the story doesn't work, and there's a whole cut. The, the one big deleted scene in this film involves Strickland later on, and also explains why uh, Strickland, Marshall Strickland is not around at the end of the film to arrest uh, mm. uh, Mad Dog. But, you know. So, uh, <laughs> rather than ask the dozens and dozens of people that are walking around, hey, where's the blacksmith? Could you please direct <laughs> me to the blacksmith? Marty decides to go into the saloon where he asks for a nice water like an asshole. And then he asks, hey, where the blacksmith at? But before anybody can answer, Tannen comes in, and him and his posse, so evil, you can tell because his face is dirty. Yeah. Make make fun of Marty for a bit, and all that stuff. It's, you know, the class. He's, he's being constantly heckled by the three old western dudes that. at the table, which is like Pat Butcher, yeah. who did. Wasn't he the voice of, like, not the sheriff of Nottingham, but, like. Yeah, the sheriff. Wait, was he the sheriff? Not. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's that guy who everyone be like, hey, I can't even do the voice now. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's as close as I can. Uh, I do like the bit where the bartender pours uh, Marty sake. a shot of whiskey and it smokes on the bar, which is cute. Like, it shows off what kind of, kind of cartoony universe this, this movie takes place in. You know? mm-hmm. But hey, dude. So. Yeah, and the fucking uh, mad dog comes in. They, they're replicating the scene from... Yeah, the Back to the Future movies where fucking Griff comes in and yells at Marty, mistaking him for a relative, Griff. and just yeah, Griff or Biff, uh, or, Griff, yeah. Biff, Sniff, Biff, Schiff. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, yeah, exactly. So long as they ride. Why so is Marty's bully not a Biff? Why is it I was flee say from the from the Three Tomatoes or one of the band from the Three Tomatoes? <laughs> What's the panties from? <laughs> <laughs> Is Fleet Biff's son the two tomatoes? I can't the three amigos can I wanna go into a blockbuster with a gun and start reading about how I wanna rip the three tomatoes! You weren't right anyway! Not even fucking close! It's been a long morning! Anyway! <laughs> stupid idiot. Can someone please go change please Wikipedia page to say that he was the bassist on the three tomatoes? <laughs> anyway. Oh, God. <laughs> that's funny. I have no idea why that's funny. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, man. That's a good one, Bill. I'm gonna remember that one. <laughs> I just pressured three tomatoes doing the three amigos. <laughs> oh god, shit. Anyway, we should we just talk the about the three tomato come from? I have no idea about the stroke. Oh my god, that's one of those moments where I can feel the connection to my brain getting crosswired. <laughs> I like, can't stop it. Like, it's like a freight train. Like, oh no. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Oh shit, okay. <clears throat> So is this guy supposed to be related to Biff, or is he just I know, another I don't doppelganger? Know I mean, obviously, that, that's, that's what it's supposed to be, but even when they're looking through the records at the beginning, I don't think they specifically call him out. Like, they don't specifically say, like, he's Biff's great-great-great-grandfather. They just... 
It's just assumed that, okay, this is somebody, yeah, this is somebody who's been related to Biff. What is Biff's last name? Tannen. And so this oh, okay. is so then yes, it is. You know, I mean, it is, but like they never specifically state whether or not he's like a great grandfather, a grandfather, mm. great great great, whatever. But yeah, and this is so, kind of like uh, that actor's. Was it Thomas F. Wilson? This is the most he's really given to do in any of the movies. Really, this is like he, he is like the the core villain. I mean, he's the villain in the other two movies, but he's he gets a lot more screen time in this movie though. Yeah, that, and I think if if you didn't know it was the exact same actor, it'd be hard to tell. Yeah, he's well, yeah, and I, I even though he's playing a cartoony villain in this movie, it's a little, it's it's actually a little bit less cartoony than Biff or even Old Man Biff or Griff or or the fuck, yeah. So yeah, it, by all accounts, like, that actor is a very sweet dude. Everything I've heard about, like he's actually maybe the nicest guy in the entire cast. Is actually the guy playing the villain, ironically enough. And this is actually with a cast full of very sweet people, which says. How nice that, that guy is actually supposed to be, but yeah. Yeah. So Marty's like, "Oh, you mad dog!" <laughs> he does not like. Yeah. Being called mad dog, no sir. He get angry. He don't like. Oh, he get angry. He tries to shoot Marty, but his gun doesn't work. Oh well, he so does. Old, yeah. Well, he does shoot at his old, feet, and then Marty mm. does like a weird, like it's where you can hear under his breath that he's singing "Beat It" or like. Can I love? He starts moonwalking, and and even Pat Buttram is like, "Oh my God, he dancing like a negro," and all this mm. shit. And then, then, but oh no! And then Marty Marty jumps on a plank with the fucking spittoon, and that flies through the air and dumps a whole bunch of spittoon juice all over. Uh, what's his face? And that's when he decides he's gonna try to kill Marty, but then he runs out of bullets and then turns into a chase. You better run, squirrel. Mm-hmm. And he runs, but he crashes in shit, and eventually he gets lassoed. Yeah. Because he forgot old West Times had lassos, and everybody could use a lasso. Why? And... Why fucking Griff just doesn't borrow a gun from one of his buddies and then shoot him? I mean, they. Nah, I mean, I mean that's know. not the point. They didn't want to do this, the, the, the entrance of Doc, but... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then they say it's about time we had a hanging for this new clock tower. Yeehaw! <laughs> and they pull his rope and lift Marty in the air. But then Doc steps up and takes some time while Marty's strangulating. <laughs> he he's like whistling. He has to like he has to, uh, he's like just adjust adjusting the waistband of his pants and just kind of yeah. It's like take your time, Doc. Especially because Doc's got the sniper rifle. He didn't even have to enter the town square. Like, as soon as he just had a beat on Marty, he could have just, yeah. 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 There's no reason why he had to walk up so he was only five feet away from uh, Marty to shoot him down, yeah. He shoots the rope down, and then he tells Tannen that shit can shoot a flea off the back of a dog at 500 yards. Especially now that he's standing head. next to Tannen. It's like, yeah, you're defeating the whole purpose of having a homemade sniper rifle, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it turns out Tannis horse threw a shoe, and he shot that horse, and he broke a bottle of whiskey, and all that shit adds up to eighty dollars. Doc owes him because he's the one that shooed that horse, and whatever. And Marty's like, "That's eighty dollars." Thanks, Marty. Wouldn't have picked that up if you hadn't said it. Great. I forgot. There's a line reading at the end of this movie. It's erased. Which every time I watch this, where I laugh because it's so terrible. But yeah, again, you can kind of tell how tired. The people making this movie was where the little moments like that where they're punctuating a plot point are done so mm-hmm. kind of ham-fistedly. It's a little silly, but it's a silly movie, so it, it all rolls together. But Yeah. The Tannen says, oh, you better keep walking forward because I could shoot you in the back. Because <laughs> uh, that's right what off. I'm going to do later so you get the reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And Doc is like, hi, Marty, who the fuck dressed you like that? He's like, you're just talking, Dingle So they go back to Doc's place, where Giant Machine makes one ice cube. Right invention, I did like Doc. that. There's a fantastic a whole... use of your time. Yeah, I love that it's this giant contraption makes the one goddamn ice cube. It's very sweet. Also, mm -hmm. uh, people point out that Doc. I could be telling people not to drink diarrhea water, <laughs> but instead I'm making ice cubes. I'm out gonna of make it. diarrhea ice cubes. Yeah. I do like the bandana that Doc is wearing in that scene. Before all this, it's actually oh. made out of his T-shirt that he was wearing in the in the Back to the Future two and three. That would have been great if after the ice cube came out, he picked up the glass and was like, Iced tea? And Marty's like, no thanks, I had enough dysentery for today. <laughs> Seriously. Like, Actually, I just really need a toilet. You got a toilet because oh, the, the dinner I had last night, not agreeing with me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the mayor also stops by and is like, hey, remember how you said some teacher needed to be picked up and you volunteered and you uh, her name is Clara? And Doc is like, oh, there's Clara. That's on my gravestone. So Marty claims, or doesn't claim, it is. He says the fuel car's fuel line is broken. And they're like, ah, but shouldn't there still be fuel in the gas tank? Uh, well, this is, well, no, well, the fuel, well, I, I have no idea how cars are built, but I would assume that, like, you would think the car is, it's, yeah, unless the fuel line is flush with the bottom of the tank. You think there would be still enough? Like you still want to go in there and fix well, the fuel it, line? Well, it was coming out the side of the car. Yeah, I, I yeah, that's a good point. But I do like the moment that the mayor shows up about with the news about Clara. Of course, Marty and Doc figured out exactly what's going on, and so <laughs> the, the movie almost ends right here because they're both like, "Okay, let's just get the hell out of here now. We're not going to get involved with this Clara shit. Let's go." They're getting dressed. That's when Doc says, mm -hmm. or that's when Marty says, "Okay, we're just we're just gonna have to pick up some gasoline on the way because I ripped the fuel line." And that's when Doc's like. What? There's not going to be a gas station around here for 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 50 years, and like Doc and Marty yeah. did, did not, it, he's not appreciating gravity of the situation, and then it's only big, yeah. It's almost like they should have packed the the passenger seat of the of the DeLorean up with like I don't know yeah. everything they could need, Think. like matches, gas, yeah. oil, um, a repair kit. I could see maybe flat tire kit. I could see if you're traveling through time and it's all volatile experience that maybe you don't want to put like a giant like like mm. 10 gallons of, of, of gas in the seat next to Marty, but like you think, you're still trying traveling in the past where you're not going to have access to all this stuff exactly, yeah, and especially Doc in 1955, I could believe him being cautious enough to like, yeah give Marty some some extra gas or something like except, that. aren't they driving around a, a nuclear reactor though, basically? Oh, Doc makes a point of that in the movie uh, yeah. it, the, 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 the nuclear, the Mr. Fusion only powers the time circuits but the actual the car moves as thanks to the, it still runs on gasoline in order to so get the, the ADA. The Mr. Fusion got rid of all the nuclear stuff, right? Exactly, yeah. So, the, yeah, okay. Mr. Fusion just powers, yeah, the time circuits where the rest of the car still works like it always did. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, presumably, because you think the fucking flying shit on that car would also take up enough energy. I would assume that also probably draws energy from uh, the, the Mr. Fusion, because I can't imagine, like, the flying, like, the hover tires work off of gasoline or anything like that. Yeah. But yeah, so, so they, they, this is just an excuse to have like the big trailer shot of the film. Which one's that? Oh, when they go out to the desert, they just they, they try to pull the DeLorean to 88 oh, miles an hour with a bunch yeah. of horses. It's, it's, yeah, they brainstorm some shit to get the, the car up to speed on a lake, baby. I don't know, but they gotta go by Monday. Or a, lake, a frozen lake, but they gotta get going by Monday because that's when Doc gets shot. Mm -hmm. 
and Dog thinks of a uh, train and asks them maybe ask the train man, hey, the train go mine 90 miles an hour. This is actually this is actually secretly not to jump back a little bit, but it is actually one of the craziest fucking shots. Not even in this trilogy, but just in movies in general. Because uh, after they try to pull the 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 the, the DeLorean to 80 miles per hour with horses, which Doc should have known, the horses don't run 90 miles per hour. Uh, but then they're, they're maybe if you get enough of them. <laughs> you know what? That's actually I remember. The, there, I don't know if it was a deleted scene, but it was definitely I remember that being in the novelization. Marty says like like well if if the if, if the DeLorean is hundred horsepower, don't we just need a hundred horses? And like Marty Doc has to tell him like that's not exactly how horsepower tracks. It doesn't. It, it, it sounds like it should, but that's not how it works. I do like the idea that if you just add enough horses to anything, they would just exponentially fasten their. Sp like if you had like like a thousand horses, would run ten times faster than a hundred horses. That's a great. Mm -hmm. I, I love that logic. But uh, so. But they go back to the garage and they try to like uh, uh, dump a bunch of uh, 180 proof uh, uh, booze from the from the saloon into the gas tank, uh, and the, uh, all it does is blow out the fuel injection manifold out of the back of the DeLorean. And then Doc doesn't know what to do. But then he's thinking, "There's this great shot. As soon as the manifold blows out the f uh, the back, there's this great like minute long shot of uh, Doc is trying to figure out what to do next. And he goes by the window, and you see the train pull out of the station." And, um, and and blow its horn. It's the way it's timed perfectly. So he's just thinking like, cause you have to like, it's hard to appreciate unless you really think about how they had to have time. it so this train pulls out of the station right when doc hits his mark in the scene to pull out and like the smoke comes blowing out. It's just, and it's a long shot too. It's not just like they would have had to do all these takes if they fucked up where like they have to do all this whole conversation with doc and Marty until doc stands in front of the window and you can see, cause it's not like a special effect shot or anything like that, but just the coordination with this live train in the distant background is just really kind of actually, uh, really nicely done. And yeah, you wouldn't think about it unless someone called attention to it, but yes, but that cuts to the next day. They're talking to the, the, the train master, I guess. Train master. <laughs> I guess it's train master, the engineer. Also, you get to see in the background, uh, they're unloading the uh, the cl uh, the clock tower phase. That's going to be a big mm -hmm. part of the next. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the clock tower phase. That's you know, that's, that's the big plot point of the movie. Well, not plot point, but it's the yeah. yeah. So they got like, hey, we got a bet. Could you get nine miles per hour? Like, I guess if you didn't have any cars, you got a long straight track, and you get the fires hotter than the blazes of hell. <laughs> he also got hung up by Griff once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. And maybe, yeah, I guess, sure. And the next train's coming at Monday, 8 a.m. And he's like, "Why do you want to know that?" They're like, "Oh, nothing." No Which I guess so. I, that didn't occur to me that like Doc waves a gun in this guy's face like two days after this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, threatens to blow his brains out if he doesn't hand over the train. Thanks, Doc. Yep. So, uh, no time to dwell. Wait. Well, it does cut to a scene where they're looking that, at a map of like the the the, the Shonash yeah. Ravine, and had, had Doc knows this. Like, oh, this is weird because it's yeah. called Clayton Ravine, but on here it's Shonash. Something that must have changed or something like that. Um, so while they're talking about that map thing, they, actually in that scene in the background of the that that shot, you actually get to see Mary Jean uh, Steenbergen is actually waiting in the background for Doc to pick her up, which is why the mayor showed up that morning to tell, to mm. remind Doc that, hey, Doc, at like noon today, you got to go pick up our new teacher from the train station. And she's actually waiting there. Uh, and But he doesn't, they, they're not thinking about her, so they don't pick her up, which leads to the next scene where uh, they're investigating the trestle for the bridge that's going to be built uh, 
Anyway, I'll let you talk because that's your that's your job. That's no, fine, but there's there is no bridge. It's just a big drop off. Yeah, and they can't wait for it to be built. And so they're like, "All right, well, let's go." And but on their way back, uh, or no, not on the way back, they hear somebody go, "Oh, help!" And they look over, <laughs> and some lady's on a runaway carriage. Oh no! Yeah. So they chase, and then they some Doc badges to pull her off in the wagon right as it comes off and the, falls off a cliff and kaboom kablams her as it explodes into papers. That's a nice little, it looks like they use actually a full-size buckboard carriage to just throw it over a cliff, yeah. And, she, and Doc is holding her and she lifts her hat up and he's like, oh my gosh, you look like if Shelly Duvall hadn't been pulled out of the oven prematurely. <laughs> That's actually not entirely wrong. They're definitely kind of the same Pokemon type. I can totally see that. And they do the and whole thing where she's kind of goofy and clumsy and her half keeps on falling back and her eyes. And it's like love at first sight. And they're both like coming in each other's pants while they're like, ah, and like Marty's just sitting off the corner going, ah, I'm not part of this scene. I don't know why I'm here. Yeah. So dog's like, man. Oh man, I need to stop losing my place. Uh, <laughs> no, fucking Mary Steve was just like, bitch. No, are you so, the one that so was they... supposed to pick me up so I didn't have to write this character <laughs> in the first place? Which is actually what's so true, they... but she never seems to parse that. But yeah, no, they take her to the schoolhouse, and Marty is like, "All right, Doc, let's get going." And he, Marty, shakes her hand. How dare you, sir? Son of a bitch. She is gonna have to burn that glove because it's an unwashed uh, young man. Is that a, is that an 1800s joke or is that a 21st century joke? That's the terrible no, thing. That, yeah. <laughs> no, 1800s. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't even. Oh, know you're talking about social were, mores I don't even, as opposed to like. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if women were allowed to shake hands like that. I remember when I was like probably 13, 14, 14 15, somewhere right around there. Got a, I was riding with my best friend yeah. in his car, and his dad was driving, and he put a cassette in about how to have proper manners, and there was a whole. <laughs> whole fucking section on how to shake hands with a lady and you you don't hold your hand out first she holds her hand out first what? And if she's old if she's older this her hand goes yeah. on top of something it's all this it's funny shit. how like even when we're alive there's been stupid manner shit like that where it's all like yeah you have to do a triple lindy handshake if the person's like under 30 or over 50 and or you have to, like, recite the Pledge of Allegiance if you're talking to anyone born after, like, 1930 or something like that. I don't know. So I just assumed that Marty committed a, a, a faux pas when he shook her hand. You know what? So, I'm surprised so there's not more of that in this movie. Briskly. Other than just getting in trouble with Biff, Griff, Mad Dog. Like, he, there's no... I guess they kind of ran out of all those jokes in the other movies where, like, Marty's a fish out of water. He doesn't know what the local customs are, so he gets in trouble. Oh, my God. But yeah, mm -hmm. and I guess they didn't want to ruin, like, whatever. Fucking shut up, phone. Uh, <laughs> didn't want to ruin, like, yeah, the romantic scene between that player and Doc. Yeah, so Doc and Marty leave, and Marty's like, Hey, that lady Clayton almost went into Clayton's ravine. <gasps> oh, again, this is one of those expedition moments where it's all like, we get a movie, like... Character seat. It turns out that ravine was named after the teacher who died flying into I it. I like Marty's thing of like, oh yeah, we always joke about how we wish we could throw teachers into that ravine or whatever. I'm like, damn, Marty, fucking assholes. <laughs> so, and Doc's like, oh no, I may have altered history, which 
I don't seem super concerned with considering I made a giant time machine that makes ice, or a giant machine that makes ice cubes just for shits and giggles. Uh, by the way, uh, Marty, we have to end this conversation. I have to go back home and work on my plans for my giant flying time machine. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I'm worried about this one lady, Marty. Yeah, and that's another thing, like, where, like, I was complaining how Marty has to be stupid, depending on how which scene it is, just to make the plot work. Uh, Doc and his concerns about the time, uh, the space-time continuum changes depending on, again, what the plot needs it to happen, but, you know. Yeah. So, (sighs) if he had picked her up from the station, that also would have changed history, so... So, I guess... Yeah, Doc, everything you're doing is changing history. (laughs) Is the original timeline that no one volunteered to pick her up, and so she had to, like... I guess, yeah. Yeah, presumably. Damn, okay, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, You think they would have realized that, because then if, like... Yeah, so the Doc should, if anything, be like, oh, well, we accidentally helped history here out for one moment, but yeah. Well, no, no, but not, no, yeah, wait, no, the fact that they saved her is the problem, not the fact that she almost fell into the ravine. Anyway, but anyway, so they the jumps to, to the, it's essentially just a duplicate of the Back to the Future one scene where Doc explains how they're going to uh, push the mach- uh, time machine to 88 yeah. miles per hour. He's... He spent their limited precious time to make a, a, he spent, a model. Yeah, it's like it's this is like better than one of those models of Disneyland they used to plot out building the park. But like he's, he's built like, like an look, old... this is how we make the twang twango. And Marty's like, I I know. Yeah, I mean, I, to... I know they're doing this because hey, it's fun to visually show the audience what's going to yeah, happen, yeah, and yeah. also, yeah, but yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. like Doc could just say. We're gonna use the train to push the car. That's all you have to say. But like, well, they do. Juju make cargo. <laughs> I mean, they, I, there is a couple specific plot points they want to illustrate here too, like um, the windmill being a point of no return. That like, if they're in the middle of the experiment and they go go past the windmill, they can't stop it, which becomes a thing because that's right when they've realized that Claire is on the on the, on the train at the end of the movie and stuff. Like that. I always did like uh, it's it's out of nowhere, but I always did like the whole tray of electronic devices like glass tubes and shit like 1955 doc had to uh, had to put on the hood of the delorean to replace the microchip that got blown out at least that that Mm. looked kind of cool between that and the giant white wall tires and or the um railroad wheels always thought that was a nice way to 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 make this version of the time machine look different than uh they had in the other times and now these messages Uh, okay well, you know, boys and girls, I... Oh, hi, Clarabelle. Hey, wait a minute. Well, where are you going with that lunchbox? Are you going to school? Oh, you're getting ready for school. Well, that's great. Well, now, look, Clarabelle, if you're getting ready for school, here. Here's a swell dessert that you can take along with you. A package of two big Hostess Twinkies. And I... What? I... Oh, kids, look here. Clarabelle has his whole lunchbox just filled with Hostess Twinkies. And kids... Hostess Twinkies are one of the most delicious desserts we've ever had here in Duty Bell. And they come two in a package, two big ones. Oh, yes, you're so right, Hottie. Look here, kids. You know, these Hostess Twinkies are really terrific. The delicious sponge cake fingers just melt in your mouth like cotton candy. And see here. Inside every Hostess Twinkie, there's a smooth cream filling that's really out of this world. Well, boys and girls... I know that you're all going to really love Hostess Twinkies as a dessert, or your lunchbox, or as a between-meal snack. And say for something really extra special, you ask Mom to serve Hostess Twinkies with ice cream or fruits. So kids, you ask Mom to buy some Hostess Twinkies the next time she goes to the store. 
And you know, boys and girls, in lots and lots of stories, you'll find Hostess Twinkies on a swell stand like this. You ask Mom to look for the picture of the Hostess Lady inside the heart. It's on every Hostess counter display. From out of the West, in a cloud of dust, a thunder of hooves, and a mighty... Great Scott! I know, this is heavy. Indians! Marty and Doc go back one more time for their greatest adventure of all. Doc's living in the past. Just right, Tenet! But he's about to be history. What kind of a future do you call that? I'm going back to 1885, and I'm bringing you home. It's the last roundup. It's the final showdown. Hey, lighten up, jerk! Where Marty makes a name for himself. What's your name, dude? Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. What kind of stupid name is that? Doc meets his mate. You saved my life. I'm a proud at your service. And Tannen meets his match. I'll hug you and shoot you down like a duck. It's dog, Buford. Shoot him down like a dog. Michael J. Fox. Where'd you learn to shoot like this? 7-Eleven. Christopher Lloyd. There's a fella that can't hold his liquor. And Mary Steenburgen. I never ever met a man like you before. <clears throat> Gentlemen, excuse me, but my friend and I have to catch a train. Steven Spielberg and Robert Zemeckis invite you. Come on, Marty! To the Rough Rider. Rip Roar. Rootin' Tootin'. Straight Shootin'. Is this a hold-up? It's a science experiment! Rousing conclusion of... Back to the Future. Back to the Future, Part 3. Family computer ni kousenjiu tojo. Controller o lensjiu ni mochikaete. Wild Gunman, save no narazumo no aite ni onma ichibyou no ude kurabe. Tsugi ni Duck Hunter. Story wa controller de kamo o ayatsuri. Story wa Hunter. Soshite akkan dake o nerai utsu. Organs Array. Dono kasetto mo onaji lensjiu de tanoshimeru Family Computer. Now back to our show. But there's a knock on the door and it's Clara, so they cover up the car and she's like, Hey, my telescope was damaged. See, when, when you turn it this way, everything becomes fuzzy. But when you turn it this way, everything becomes clear. And Doc's like, yeah, dumbass, that's what that's a telescope does. <laughs> I love it. It's the whole so fucking fun. point of it. Asperger's Doc. It's just like, what? What the <laughs> fuck? Are you fucking stupid? Um, what she does come in and like when she says telescope, she I, like does. I think like, my glasses broke when I take them <laughs> off my face. Like everything gets blurry. Well, when she says telescope, she does it with like finger quotes, and then when she says gets blurry, she says my vagina gets wet. Mm, <laughs> and mm -hmm, mm. but yeah, it's a whole. And this is a nice twist because this is the the the, the doppelganger to the scene in Back to the Future One where uh, Leia Thompson comes in looking for uh, for for Marty, and she's all like. Uh, no one's gonna take me to the prom, Calvin Klein. And but it's nice to see that it's now it's somebody who just wants to ride 
uh, Doc's dick like a pogo stick. So it's that, mm-hmm. that's cute. But yeah, she's got a it microscope. Is... He, she, she's it's, it seems like she's just using this as an excuse to flirt with Doc a little bit, and then they make an agreement to meet at the uh, clock tower dedication party the next night. I guess Saturday night. It is. It is nice that they don't give Marty any weird like staring at his mom's tits or anything in this version <laughs> you know it turns out mary seen is actually this doc movie. brown's like sister's dad or something like that yeah it's not really a back to the future movie unless someone's trying to pork one of their family members um yeah he'll fix it for her but and have it back to her that evening but the town's festival's going on that evening oh, yeah she wouldn't dream of having him work at the, on the evening of the festival is he going? Yes, yes, he is. Because the more they put themselves out in crowds in dangerous way, the more chances they have of getting everything fuckered up. You'd think Marty would be the one to point out, like, this is probably this is probably when you get shot. Oh, God, well, we'll get some clumsy plotting exposition, too, in a bit. But, yeah, I do, like, for some reason, they haven't actually attached the clock face to the clock tower yet, just so Mar- Doc and Marty can take a photo in front of it. Yeah. Which is cute, though. Well, and the mayor's like, hey, look at this new cool clock. Isn't it cool? Let's turn it on before we put it in the clock tower. Which Yay. seems to be a lot more complicated than, like, now you're like, yeah, it's just... It's, 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 yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah. then you get then, uh, then the, 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 the... Doc and yeah. Marty get their photo taken in front of it. They get their photo taken by Dean Cundy, who is the cinematographer for all these movies and, like, the Halloween movies and a whole bunch of stuff like that. There's been a couple movies we've watched, like, terrible B-movies, where I've seen in the, the, the credits, like, director of photography, Dean Cundy. I'm like, that guy, he did the director of photography for the ba- Back to the Future movies. Like, why is he doing, like, he did a sh- lot of shitty schlock movies before he did the Back to the Future movie. Anyway. And now ZZ Top will play our music. <laughs> God. Man, I forgot. This is 1990 when this movie got made. And this is, like, literally just months before grunge really exploded. And so they're mm. obviously dupl- trying to replicate the success of, like, um, Huey Lewis and the Power of Love. And it's funny how much pop culture and the musical landscape had changed from, like, the mid-80s to, like, 19... to the late 80s. Rap had become more of a thing. And uh, just, like, butt rock had be- uh, become more of a thing, too. And so... Uh-huh. And I guess with this movie, even though it's all, you know, fucking Western, I guess they didn't want to go for an actual, like, country Western act to do, like, the big single song for this movie. So they got ZZ Top, which is ZZ Top is fine. But it's funny that, like, they thought this song was going to be a big hit. Because they, I don't even know if you remember this, but, yeah, they actually put out a ZZ Top song called Double Back as, mm. like, the big musical number to come out of this movie. Not a musical number, but it was like, just a music single. It's just a ZZ Top song. And it was an excuse to actually put ZZ Top in the movie. I do like the fact that the drummer, like, they're they're they're, they're flipping their instruments like the, the band does in all their music videos, which I thought was cute. Um, but, like, it, just, it shows how just kind of behind the times this movie was, that they're trying to make the ZZ Top song a big thing in 1990 when ZZ Top was like the least interesting man in 1990 like it kind of reminds me how what are you talking about it's like Ghostbusters hey. 2 trying to make like all those Bobby Brown songs a thing and like it's just out of touch just because they're trying to replicate the success of the Ray Parker Jr. Ghostbusters song and yeah it's all I mean they had just that ZZ Top had just formed in 1969 yeah cause kids come running for ZZ man did you... there's they're still going Bill they're still alive uh-huh. They, were they old put when out this an movie album. Was made. What? They put out an album. They had how long are their beards? Oh my god! 
Anyway, it just I looked them up to see if they were still around, and they're, they're still they're still. I would assume going. at least like one of them must be dead, and now it's replaced by like a guy who's like fifty wearing a fake old beard or something like that. But... <laughs> no, it's just an upside down mop. <laughs> Which that's what they always look like, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. That's so. thanks, thanks, Bill. That was the joke. Shut, I hate you. <laughs> I'm too so, worried about anyway. Doc pl- or Marty playing Duck Hunt at the at the, at the party, but. Doc sees Claire and they just goosh everywhere all over Again, each you can other. hear her yeah, meat flaps oh, clank open with iron Why chains. do you have to describe it like I'm this? Just, why do you have to <laughs> do this? I just love this? the sound of the drawbridge opening. Oh, can you think of some less disgusting way to describe women's arousal? It's like a circus tent flaps opening in a rainstorm, just wet and slick and dripping all over the place. Please, that doesn't mean elaborate. It did not mean for it to elaborate. No, they're they're Mary Steenburgen's vaginal lips, so it's very it's very tiny and twee and very cute with a little tuft of pubic hair. Yeah, nice cover, nice cover. <laughs> a little, little spriggin of you pubic fixed hair it. with a little hat, a little jaunty Claire it. pubic hair so, hat. Some guy tells Marty to try a gun. Even a baby could use it, and he's like, "Nah, thanks." But he's like, "Oh, you're not chicken, are you?" And he, uh, oh, he'll shoot it. Yeah. And he does amazingly. He learned at 7-Eleven, because shooting a real gun is exactly like That's actually playing wild fucking gunman. Yeah, I wonder if, like, when he says that a baby, even a baby can do it, I wonder if that's supposed to be because, like, you know, fucking Elijah Wood says it's just a baby's toy. Um, I, it's just, I do like it when he fucks up at the start, and he's like, wait, can I do that again? And he actually get, puts the gun in the right hand. and he's, he's, Which is kind of ironic, because, like, he may have been actually able to take out Mad Dog in an honest gunfight if he's that good but we never find out yeah. because that's not the point of the movie then yeah oh tannin and his crew are rolling up but don't worry they gotta check their guns who's gonna make them the deputy <laughs> no 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 it's all sheriff strickland and he's wearing a disguise so no one will recognize him as the actor that was in masters of the universe oh god i forgot about that he's so shamed that he's like i know i'm supposed to be playing like a doppelganger of my character and ancestor, and I'm supposed to look the same, but I can never really show my full face again. So please give me the biggest <laughs> yeah. handlebar mustache you can, because I'm still ashamed. Yeah. Yeah. So this Mad Dog is throws his guns and his knife down. <laughs> they should have replaced him with Billy Barty on a horse and a shotgun. Mm, Billy Barty does no does not give a shit about the fact that he was a master of the universe. But yeah. So yeah. No. But yeah. And then after they ride off, Strickland tells his son, yeah, discipline. Pass that on to all your kids. Get it? This will explain why the principal in the future is such an asshole. I am shocked that the characters in this movie, after every plot point like that, aren't like, get it? Get it? Like, turning to the camera and to the audience just being mm-hmm. like, see what I told him? Because that's what he's going to teach his asshole, bald-ass son. See, the past influences the future. <laughs> this so... Oof. Uh, shut up, Bill. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the whole thing oh, like, okay. about teaching kids responsibility. And so, anyway, shut up, Bill. But, yeah. but they're still Marty dancing. Runs yeah. in, Marty runs into his relatives so he can show them a pie tin and say, Frisbee, far out. Which is... Uh, I wonder if he's going to throw that at some point. And also, like, he says far out. Why is he suddenly talking like he's from, like, 1962? Like, and he just says that just so well, Tom's going to be like, and... oh, the pie plate was right in front of him. <laughs> she should. She should have said that hit his head. Did him some real damage. He's fucking retarded. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, it's great too because this whole scene, none of the eyelines match because it's a blue screen split screen thing. So no one's really. Looking How could at you tell? Everyone looks like they're staring off just at someone over fucking, the shoulders. Yeah, it's just because Marty looks like he's a fucking forced ghost. Yeah, it's yeah. The, the blue screen was not really 
up to the challenge of some of the stuff they're doing in this movie. Um, which I guess this is actually a real thing. I guess it was, that's how Frisbees actually got their start. There was like a, like, Connecticut Frisbees Pies Company, and I guess kids mm -hmm. at Harvard would use the empty pie tins to throw them around as, for fun, and then someone, I guess, the fucking, at the Hudsucker proxy decided, oh, let's turn that into a toy. Yeah, far out. Like Tannen. Far out, Tannen's got a whittle gun in his hat, <laughs> and if he gun. buries it deep enough, in Doc's back, it'll it'll take out a man. So he stops Doc from dancing by putting it in his ribs. But instead of shooting him right there, he's like, "I want to dance with this lady. Let's dance. We ha!" And they dance till she kicks him in the shin. Yeah, it gets creepy because he's all like licking her and shit and being all real gross. And then because Do Doc's being retained by his gang, he can't do anything. And yeah. Oh, and then yeah. and fucking <laughs> this is this is sweaty as shit too because like. When uh, Mad Dog is threatening Doc, he's all like, Last guy I shot with this, it took him three whole days to die, so you're gonna die, like, on Sunday morning or something like that. Mm. Just, like, really, like, milking the point that, like, okay, this is... He just, he essentially explains how, if he shoots Doc here, how, like, this is essentially explaining how Doc died in the original version of his timeline. Gotcha. It's just, like, extra sweaty that they're just like, okay, yeah. But don't worry about it. Marty throws a pie pan as a frisbee and hits him in the hand, causing the gun to go away. Yeah, Doc almost gets it's... shot in the face rather than the back, which could have been worse. But mm -hmm. like, I do like his hat goes flying. Knocks off. his knocks hat off. Yep, that was in every single trailer. I ever. remember that. Yeah. Well, there's not a lot of action in this movie, so that got kind of. I guess he had to make all this shit for what it was worth. And yeah, probably the best line in the whole movie is when uh, Marty comes in and says, "It's fucking. What is this? Is knock it off, asshole." Lighten up, jerk. Lighten up, jerk. That's what it is. Like, that's what I'm convinced he says. Lighten up, It's probably asshole. the best line in the movie. I can't remember what it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and then... Which gets a shrug from Tannen's men. But those are mighty strong words for somebody so whittle. Can you back him <laughs> up? the hell he's so whittle? Oh, you're a baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't realize infants could talk. Mm -hmm. Marty's like, just leave my friends alone. But Dan calls him Yella. So they pull out their calendars and figure out a day they can work out a duel. Yeah, there's the joke made with, like, the Mad Dog's gang, because they're all like, well, we're gonna just rob a stagecoach tomorrow night, and then the next uh -huh. day we're gonna do this, and, yeah. Yep, so, um, Marty's, let's see. So then the sheriff comes in and is like, hey, knock it off, you buttholes. And then, they, hey! Let's party! Woo! And everybody's happy again. No, yeah, no it is how everything gets cleaned up very everybody's quickly. Just like, I think it's supposed to show like yeah. how this happens all the time in the West. So, mm -hmm. yeah. and yeah, ZZ Top flipped their instruments one more time, and it's like, yee haw! Da, da. Mm. They're playing an old Wild Doc West theme like... of version of the the song they wrote for the movie. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. It plays over the end credits. So Doc is like, hey, Marty, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, hey, don't worry about it. We'll be gone by then. No biggie. 8 a.m., right? And Doc's like, hey, yeah, what if the train's late? And Marty's like, ah. <laughs> they still don't have to go into town where the hands are. They don't have up, to. Like, so, it's yeah. the They can just hide it. Like, yeah, exactly. They don't have. As long yeah. as they're not, like, in the saloon or in the main street. But, of course, that's what happens. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so people tell oh, Marty that sure was the bee's knees what you just did. Here, have this new gun. <laughs> Kill him with it. It's for free. But if you if you lose, I'm taking it back. Yeah, it's the cult salesman. Unless unless Tannen takes it off his dead body, which is most likely to happen. You think so? So any trophies like yeah, that? Probably. Yeah, probably. That's a new fucking brand new gun. 
If there's one thing Red Dead Redemption taught me is you gotta <laughs> take the, the, the unique time. new guns off of the bodies. Yeah, you know, check their pockets for like uh, fucking bubble gum and the cans yeah. of beans or whatever the fuck you can harvest from dead yeah. bodies in that game. Yeah. 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 So his Marty's great great grandpa's or great grandpa whatever is like, man, Eastwood, you're a fucking idiot. Just like my brother Marty. Get it? That's your name too in the stabbed. blue screen future. He got a knife in his belly because somebody called him a chicken or whatever. Yeah. And hey, you thought that you got the name Marty because your mom liked it at the prom? Nah, 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 nah. It was because I had a brother you never heard of and didn't know existed until right now. So in the Back to the Future special edition, they changed that little bit at the end of Back to the Future 1 where he's like, Marty, that's a nice name. My grandfather was skewered to death, and his name was Graham Marty, so we'll give him that name, too. Or whatever. I guess that would be Christian Glover's character that should be signed up with. Uh, yeah, and why well, Marty doesn't pay any attention, because he's just blue-screened in the screen, and no one's really looking directly at him anyway, so he just kind of goes, I don't yeah. care. I guess they were talking to someone behind me, because they weren't looking at me. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and they're like, oh, he never thought about the future, oh, that's but the Marty dude, too. Yeah, it's not the end of the later, world, but it's like just sweaty as shit. Yeah. yeah. Later, Clara and Doc look at the stars and talk nerdy to it's each other. It's a very nice scene. This is the they, heart of the romance right here. Yeah. Yeah. And then they throw their morals out the window and do a little smooching. Do they smooch? Yeah, they kiss. I can't. The idea. Well, I think they do. They do more than that, because Doc never comes home and sleeps in his bed. That's true, and he, he's wearing, like, Clara's got, like, a little thing of, like, fucking kidney beans or something on her on her shirt. With, like, a... <laughs> yeah, kidney beans. What the fuck? The fucking string beans and, that he's wearing it the next day. I didn't realize that, like, yeah, he doesn't come... Oh, yeah, they make a point of the fact he never came home. Oh, no, yeah. Doc, you got his dick wet. Mm-hmm. Like, because Marty wakes up, his ass is hanging out of his pants. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Long Johns, yeah, they're doing mm, the hottest Wait, moment of the, the film. A uh, uh, machine's making fucking breakfast like it's Pee-wee's Playhouse But, like, worse, here. like, this is, like, I know you're not supposed to take it like... <laughs> Old West breakfast. Like, there's, like, the, one of the parts of the machine just, like, puts, just drops bacon into a pan that no one's gonna pick up and it's gonna burn the whole place down? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh... Marty taunts himself with a gun in the mirror because that's what a bad guy, a badass dudes do, you know? Before he walks around town and people are like, Hey, you're really cool. You're a cool guy. Don't lose. Kill him. Whatever. Yay, we're rooting for you. Except the Undertaker who's like, Oh, let's just uh, measure you for your coffee. I do like that one. That's pretty cute, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he goes back. Well, he first offers him a suit. And so the guy, yeah. just, Marty, just thinks he's a suit salesman. I do, the actor, they chose a really great actor who's like 12 feet tall and is like, Suits, uh, yeah. Hey. That tombstone right there looks an awful lot like Doc's. Uh, but the no. photo that Marty took of it earlier in the film that we forgot to mention <laughs> is going to change. Yeah. Uh, it's I, not Doc's anymore. It's just a blank tombstone sitting in the cemetery because... Well, okay, yeah. yeah. I have laid hands they on that tombstone prop. Um, I went <gasps> to uh, Disney World and Universal Studios the year after this movie came out, and they had a whole bunch of props from this movie. And for some reason, they had like all the tombstone props just laying where you could just touch them. And so I just fucking, hmm. I licked it and fucking, mm. it was the Here Lies one. It was with, it was the prop that we're looking at here, which Here Lies, but it's blank everything else, too. For some reason, whatever, you watch this movie. Even though, like, I had, like. It's probably because it's not worth shit. It's <laughs> I thought that's the Here Lies. Like, they had, like, the time train, and of course they had that roped off, but, like, this shit, they're right here. They're just like, eh, fuck it. Just, 
<laughs> like, even if they steal the pure lies blank tombstone, who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Uh, sorry. I was about to look something up, but you you didn't rant as long as you usually do <laughs> about pointless bullshit. I can rant. So, uh, <laughs> I can talk no, no, about no. how much. No, stop it. I didn't ask you to. So, <laughs> Not uh, an open invitation, fuckhead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not complaints. So, it's observation. It's, it's blank. It could be Marty's. Great Scott. That's heavy. <laughs> oh, is that when they do the flip hey, of the, yeah. I, um, I grew up in the 80s. But you are slightly older than me. No, they never years. said heavy. They never... Did people ever actually say heavy, no. or is that some, or was that the boomers who wrote it being that's... like, "Hey, kids, these days say it's heavy, right?" That's one of the few truly sweaty things in the first Back of the Future is Marty just saying heavy all the time, just so Doc could can be confused all the time. That's the only like. That's not like yeah. Okay. It was not like. Because... I mean, it was innocuous <laughs> enough, it doesn't really call attention to itself, but he only says that because, so Doc could be like, is there something heavy with the Earth? Is there something wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull? Um, but yeah. Gotcha. You keep using that word, heavy! <laughs> so That word does not mean what you think it Mm-hmm. So, oh, I lost my place when I looked something else oh, up. No, so, this... Doc wants to know why Marty's wearing the gun that they gave him. Marty's like, oh, we are, yeah, we're not going to duel, but if Tannen comes looking for trouble, I'm going to be ready. Did you hear what that fool called me? And Doc's like, hey, you can't go losing your mind anytime anybody insults you. I mean, look at you. You're, you're four feet tall. Napoleon. You know what? If they had made a better point, like like this is like Marty having Napoleon Napoleon complex, it would have made a little more sense. But yeah. Mm. And that's what causes your accident in the future. And Marty's like, huh? And Doc's like, hey, uh, Doc uh, says, get back mind. in my uh, pocket sure. where you oh. live, tiny Marty McFly. <laughs> <And> Doc's like, <laughs> yeah, sure. We keep we keep fucking with the timeline, and we keep telling each other what's gonna happen in the future. But I'm gonna be a little bit selective about it here and tell you about this thing, not tell you about this thing that directly negatively impacts your future. Oh, this is when they're laying in the idea that, like, yeah, like I know something about ha what happens to you in like 2015 or, or 1985. Like, yeah, it's the Mercedes accident thing that's supposed to happen. Yeah. Then, yeah. Which mm -hmm. the, these movies did not need, but did whatever. Yeah, whatever. Marty needs to grow as a person, or else whatever. Well, that's the thing. Marty never so, really had a character arc in the first one, so in order for them to justify two more films, I guess they were like, well, I guess we need to give Marty a character arc. Also, something that also makes the plot happen when we need it to. So, yeah. so at night, they get the car set up, and Doc tells Marty he's gonna, he's not gonna go with him. He's gonna stay, and he's, he, he got a taste of that teacher. And, ooh, he's gonna stay and get with that. Get busy. So Marty tells him, hey, use your that old science brain and figure out what's right. Stop using your heart. Start using your head. You've been lonely all and your it, life. You can be lonely a little bit longer. I mean, it's the, 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 take Clara with you. She was supposed to die in that ravine, right? So leaving her behind is just fucking with history that, yeah. So she doesn't need to stick around. It's not going to change anything. Although from Doc's perspective, you could say, who, who cares if you change the history post 1985? Although, since Doc has already... They've already done so much stuff in 2015 that bringing Doc... I know this is not the point, but... Just Doc, Doc living and, there is altering it, history. That is a good point, too. Like, like, yeah, Doc even choosing to remain behind... It's a whole thing, but yeah. But it's funny that Doc has to learn essentially the same lesson that he learned at the, at the end of Back to the Future 1, where it's okay to fuck with history if as long as it benefits you. He has to learn that whole thing yeah. over again in this movie, too. Yeah. 
So he's like, oh, this time machine brought me nothing but trouble. Once we get back to 1985, I'm going to destroy it and make a totally dope train version of it. Still doesn't make any sense. I know it's a cute little bit at the end of this movie. <laughs> I, you know what? I always wonder, because they came out with the Back to the Future cartoon less than a year after this movie came out. I wonder... A little bit like how, kind of going back to the Ghostbusters 2, I wonder if, like, the ending of this movie was kind of dictated by the fact they're like, well, we have this premise for this cartoon where Doc Time... Well, no, I think... I think in the cartoon he doesn't have... Does he have the time train? Because I know they have the DeLorean back for no reason. They don't have to even... Oh, man, I don't remember. Also, I, barely, I remember that thing existed. I don't know if I ever even watched it. I mean, not it. that the... Car also, the cartoon is... Uh, also, time travels not through... Uh, just time through space, but yeah. Uh, well, I always want to see Billy the Kid from Ted, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure show up in this movie, because this version of the Wild West, uh, even the time travel connotations aside, this cartoon version of the Wild West always struck me as kind of the same Wild West that Bill and Ted ended up in the first movie. But... If one of these two motherfuckers isn't in the new Bill and Ted movie... Oh, you mean Doc I won't or... be upset. Yeah, I, won't, I will not be upset, but I'll be like, hey, that would have been That could have nice. been a thing you could do. Yeah, that would actually sure. be, yeah. Yeah, that would be, yeah. Or if while they're going through the vortex, if they're like, whoa. Well, and then yeah, the Peabody and Sherman are there, and he's like, why, <laughs> you? That actually, that would actually be an even more fitting cameo. I would love to see that. Oh, God. Which, which is funny, because so, uh, Peabody and Sherman, they're kind of like the perfect uh, synthesis of Back to the Future and Bill and Ted. Where they're kind of time traveling to different, not just time traveling through time, but going to different eras and places. But it's just the two of them. Where it's the smarter older guy and the dumb kid. Yeah. yeah. But whoever invented uh, uh, Mr. Peabody should sue Rick and Morty. Because oh, Rick and yeah. Morty is essentially just Mr. Uh, Sherman and Peabody, but just with swears and tits. So, Doc goes and sees Claire and is like, hey baby, I gotta dip. I can't tell you why, but man, you was my world for like 36 hours, they, isn't it, 12 is hours. still the same? No, 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 because there's the thing. This is, this. okay, so the party where they first, the, the party where afterwards they kissed, that was Saturday night. Then there was Sunday where they Doc and Marty have the conversation in front of the tombstone and it's daylight. So this is Sunday night. So it's still like mm -hmm. 24 hours since they porked. So, yeah. the relationship shouldn't be this turgid. Although, in his defense, no. he says, I have to split and I can't tell you because you won't believe me. And she's like, well, if you yeah. trust me, you'll tell me. He's like, okay. Yeah, for real, though. Why? And he tells her the truth and she flips out, smacks him. and He's like, I'm a future man. We from the future. And she's like, get the fuck out of here, you liar. Yeah. Take, his, take your shit and go. He throws herself on and the I'm bed. I'm going to go cry. And, yeah, and he, he yeah, puts his little he... thing on the thing and... It's all very sad. The thing on the... He puts the flowers with her name on it. On the, the green beans. Sill. Yeah, why... Which, why didn't he take that as, like, a souvenir yeah. to remember? Because it's not like she needs it anymore. Yeah, yeah pretty bored about so the space So, he... He goes in to drink himself stupid with whiskey, even though la he didn't... Remember what happened last time, Emmett? Fourth of July, he got it, fucked up, I guess. He had one drink and destroyed him, I guess. And some guy sitting at the bar with him with some barbed wire is like, ah, there's other ladies. No one knows what the future will bring. And Doc is like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I do like in the cuts. You don't know what happened. But when we come back, it's pretty great. Marty wakes up at their campsite that they were camping at. But Doc's not there. So Marty goes into town to look for him with uh, the grave photo in hand because yeah. he's got it now. And. 
Tannen also waking up his crew. I'm hungry because he he kills people. Oh, and that's the before, before breakfast. breakfast but, yeah. but Marty kills people after breakfast. Whatever. The doc is ranting about the future, where the old timers think is <laughs> running just for fun. Which the silliest dang thing I ever heard. And I agree with them. Every time I see somebody jogging down the street, they look like they want to die. Yeah, it's they. I never see a jogger like smiling. And, uh, they're always they're always kind of hunched over, looking like. Oh, God. I love the idea of joggers just being so happy. They're just falling over themselves and smiling, tongue wagging <laughs> out of their mouths. I'm just having so much fun. So much stuff. Please. And they always, they always like, nah. You just gotta push through the pain, and then, then you get the. <sighs> yeah, not making a great like, case there, guys. You know. No. <laughs> I do like Doc starts so, ranting about how uh, Double Dragon Two is better than Double Double Dragon One on the NES, and he goes mm, into really weird mm. details about the future. Yeah. He's like, and they, yeah. <laughs> they should cut back, and he's like, exp explain the second season of Cheers after like. He's like. Rip. Recently, I've got into this really great artist. His name's Gary Glitter. I'm sure nothing bad will ever happen with him. Let me tell you about World War II. And they're like, wait, there was a World War One? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> um, so Marty comes in. Yeah, he, he hasn't even had his shot yet. He just that is a funny it. joke. He hasn't even touched his drink yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Marty comes in and is like, hey, fool, we got it. What are you doing? Let us go. So he's like, yes, let's. And then he takes a shot. No! In celebration of leaving, he's not thinking about it. They do the interesting... It's actually one of the, the other reasons why the clock face hasn't been installed in the clock tower yet is during this whole scene, uh, this whole end of the movie, you have the clock mm -hmm. tower face outside the window. And so you could actually have a physical representation that you can see that like, it's like eight, like five minutes until eight, which is when uh, Mad Duck's supposed to be there to, to shoot Marty. But, you know. Yep, and then Marty's like, get some coffee. But coffee's not going to wake him up. They got to make him some wake-up juice. Yeah. Which is... working like about ten minutes. Yeah, they mix like pickles and Tabasco sauce and all kinds of shit together. Right when the duel is going to happen, why do we got to cut these things I, so That's close? a cute line, too. You know what? Sometimes, like, whenever I'm, like, under time constraints, like, the, that exact line reading pops into my head. Why do we have to cut this so close? Yeah. yeah. So they dump that concoction down Doc's throat, which makes him scream. It does look pretty grody, whatever the shit they're pouring into yeah. his mouth, man. Ugh. Yep, and that was just a reflex. He's still passed out. And then Tannen rolls into town and calls Marty out, even though it's not quite eight yet. And Seamus showed up to town, too, because something inside him told him he just had to come. Up with two. So Tannen starts counting to 10 to, for Marty to come outside, forgets what 7 is, as the old-timey people are tell Marty, hey, you gotta go fight him, or else everybody will say Clint Eastwood was a coward and, and forever. And get it? Because that would make Clint Eastwood... It also does, sad. I know that's the joke, but it also, there is a thing of, like, I know Marty's got the personal interest, he doesn't want anyone thinking he's a jerk. But there is also mm -hmm. the fact that he's a time traveler. No, none of this really matters. He could leave and no. he could shit his pants at the bar, and it's not like it's gonna track him. <laughs> like you know, it's 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 he can do whatever the fuck he wants in 1885. And aside from whatever effects it has on the time continuum, it's not like it has any personal impact on his personal reputation. It's it's that that that, yeah. that, that that's what makes so much of this like chicken shit just seem even more just like who cares. But yeah. yeah, but at, at least it does end up with the joke that everyone's gonna think Clint Eastwood's the biggest yellow belly in the West. Also, the gravestone photo now says Clint Eastwood oh, on no. it. Someone slides Marty a gun as Tannen finishes counting, and he's like, "I already got a gun." 
And then Marty says, after he finishes counting, he's an asshole. I do like that. I don't care what he thinks or anybody else. You're all a bunch of jerks. And he runs out the bag with his arms like, <laughs> <laughs> It's funny that, like, Marty finally learns his lesson that's been setting up for two fucking films now. But it still doesn't tie into the plot at all. They still end up running and just end up being caught by Biff's and Griff's Mad Dog's, <laughs> Mad Dog's gang anyway. So it's kind of like yeah. the moral of the story just doesn't even, like, really pay off in an interesting way. Yeah. They go out the back door of the saloon, which is in the back, and the Tannins crew sees him, shoots at them. Marty jumps through a doorway. It's Doc uh, gets. They tell him to reach for the sky or whatever. So now they well, they captured a Doc, hostage. but then yeah, Marty's he 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 dove and through a door and like crashed into a, a old potbelly stove and knocked how, off the, the 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 hatch from it. How did the deputies and the sheriff and everybody this this was scheduled at a, the middle of a big party shouldn't they be there yeah well that they knew this was gonna happen there is a little bit of a story i'll get to at the end of this yeah oh okay. it doesn't quite still track but like there's a little excuse as to why there's the yeah the law is not really involved here but yeah elsewhere the train is leaving and clara is listening to some fools in the seat behind her be like oh man good pussy makes a man lose his mind uh his old fool at the bar last night real sad sack it's of funny. shit wouldn't stop yeah, ranting about some lady he broke up and with. it's two guys and they're talking about clara and like the guy is like oh yeah doc was talking about how when she gets her wet he can hear her pussy flaps clank no open. no and that's what the other no, guy says he's like no, will you no, stop no. saying that about women's vaginas they, <laughs> they replicate our entire conversation there and like clara turns around and says you're fucking disgusting and she leaves not to go see Doc, but just to get away from these two assholes talking behind her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I guess the fact that Doc was sad about them breaking up, and she's like, I gotta go get me that man. Yeah. And she pulls the emergency cord, and the train stops, and she gets to running. So this is the train that they hijack in five minutes anyway, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Which, if she hadn't stopped it, they probably wouldn't have been able to catch it. Yeah, because they're running late. So, actually, that's interesting. Yeah, okay. Tannen gives Marty one minute to come out, or he kills old Doc Brown. Time runs out before he... And, uh... The minute runs out. But before he can shoot Doc, Marty comes out on the... And they square off. And Tannen's like, draw! And Marty's like, nah, nah, nah. I'm gonna take my gun off. Can we talk? Talk like men? And Tannen says, nah, nah, nah. And he... He shoots Marty, and then it's ba ba ba. The credits roll, and I'm shocked <laughs> at this ending. I, you know, I'm surprised I've never seen that cut of the movie. It wasn't fantastic. The end. Um, <laughs> I do. I was like, just the flies for it. Da, 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 da. <laughs> the bullet right into Marty's heart, and that's the end. Yeah, da, da, yeah. Um, I the fucking Mad Dog after he shoots Marty, the way he's just like laughing to himself, and he's just like he's like walking almost like he's suddenly become drunk with happiness. That he's like mm-hmm. kind of like half bowing, half courteous, uh, curtsying to the crowd, and he's just like, <laughs> and like he was even kind of holding his gun from his finger, and his boots are kind of like toes turned inward, and he's just such a sh- piece of shit, dude. It's not like he's running yeah. and jumping and super happy. He's just. So like scummy and like about it. It's I like Thomas F. Wilson. He had to play such a goddamn cartoon character in all these movies, but he did it so comically well. He just fits that cartoon universe so perfectly. It's fucking great. Oh my god. I was surprised there's still half an hour of the movie. Well, the whole action scene that's gonna take ten seconds for us to synopsize, but yeah. Oh, I know, but I'm saying. Yeah. So 
uh, he walks all cocky over to Marty's body, but Marty's still alive! Da, yeah, he kicks da, his gun da, away! Da, yeah. And so Tannen punches him in the chest or stomach area and breaks his hand on the stove that Marty had put on under his poncho, just like Clint Eastwood did in that one movie, Do You Get It? Bitch? Yeah, the one they squeezed into the Back to the Future 2. Great fucking flick, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and then he slaps Tannen with the front of that stove and then he gives him punches. He gives him bunches punches of punches. punches. Yeah, beats. He really does. It is almost like uh, Indiana Jones and the in the uh, mechanic Nazi in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Where he just wails on him for a little while here. Yeah. And finally, one last punch sends uh, Biff into a uh, mad dog. We should say uh, sends him into the manure cart, which is also still owned by the uh, same company, the the Jones Company, that owned the manure carts we've seen in the other two films. So just throw that out there. Just like there's a. St- Are you saying that they used this joke more than once? <laughs> it's yeah, uh, the Statler Toyota, it's the Statler Stables, and the Statler Hover Hover conversions. Yeah. Also, I do like they actually paid attention to the fact that the saloon is located in the same part of town where the. Uh, the diner and uh, Cafe 80s are located in the set. Even though this is not the same set, uh, the the, the mm. Hill Valley set from Back to the Future 2, uh, Back to the Future 1 and 2 were both like, you know, this is the same backlot set in, in uh, uh, Universal Studios. They, they just uh, made this whole, like, western town, uh, like some ranch up in southern, uh, northern California, but they still kind of paid attention to the basic geography of the town square, which I always thought was nice. Anyway, but then the fat guy rolls anyway. up. Anyway. The fat deputy rolls up and arrests Tannen for robbing the stagecoach that he said he was going to rob at the party and why they couldn't kill each other. Now, this is an edit, actually, because originally Mm. uh, the one big deleted scene out of this movie, which was in the novelization, was... Well, uh, after Biff wakes up this morning and says, I'm hungry, let's go kill Marty McFly... Uh, they ride off, and while they're on their way into town, they run into Marshall Strickland, and they kill him. And the original line reading here from this fat, fat deputy was little kid saying, what? <laughs> I thought that was actually you making a kid impression for a moment. Um, but so the original line from the fat deputy was, you're under arrest for the mur- murder of Marshall Strickland. I know. You know? How many times have you seen this movie, kid? How many times have you, you seen You got it? headphones on, so he can't hear me. No, he can't hear yeah. me. No. 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 <laughs> what did you think of Back to the Future 3? Was there a choo-choo? Did you watch it with him? <laughs> Look at me with big oh, eyes. Oh, no. I love choo-choos, huh? Did he, did, did, did he watch it with you? Is there a choo-choo? Huh? No, no. Heaven's new. Oh, really? He was a little have, too that much That would kept his attention. Ah, with the flying train, mm-hmm. I don't know if he would have been curious about the train at the end, because I know it was a Thomas the Tank Engine fixation. Yeah, I'm like, hey, sit through this two-hour movie so you can see a train for three minutes. <laughs> A terribly blue screen flying train at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh god! You gonna go play? I'm gonna go play. You wanna go play? Let's go yeah, you got a troll. Let's go. Go play with Barb. Okay. Right, did you, did so. you guys watch the Scooby movie? No, no. Did not you yet. guys watch Trolls? Yeah. Isn't that good? He's a big. He's a big troll fan. Yeah, Trolls Two is is a good sequel. Oh, okay, I'll have to check it out. It's sometime. cute. Anyway, that's neither. Yeah, you should watch it. It's cute. Um. Uh. Anyhow. Um. So. Uh. Does see. it have Leia Thompson with big fake tits? That's the only reason why I like Back to the Future Two. Oddly enough, yes. <laughs> She's blue screened so, into the back. Tannis spits out poo and he says, oh, "I hate manure." So wait. Yeah. Wait, no. Sorry. That's. I mean, that's what happens. I mean, yeah. You're right. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, 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 I know. But So why didn't they kill the sheriff then? Uh, no, they, so they killed Marshall Strickland. Yeah, I know, but why did they edit that so that it, instead it's just the stagecoach? I think thing? just for, for time's sake. Also, like, the, it's a kind of a gruesome scene where they, they, they shoot the sheriff in the back. They, like, bushwhack mm. him. And also, but of course, the dying words are that Marshall Strickland, is, he's lying, dying in the dirt, and his last words to his son are like, Remember, son, discipline. Tell your all your grandkids about discipline. <laughs> it's the sweaty joke. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, but it's gotcha. not that interesting. But yeah, I, th- I think because they thought... Well, I think the big thing, too, is that they were expecting after... Because of this cold-blooded murder of Strickland, you're rooting for Marty to actually kill Biff, and that's not the way they wanted the ending to be. And so gotcha. they, they, they cut that bit out. So, mm, And the grave vanishes from the photo, because it got broke. Yay! So they gotta ride like fire to catch that train, and a kid gives Marty his gun, which he gives to Seamus, and is like, it's worth twelve oh, dollars. Get it sold. I don't know if that's a deleted scene, but I remember the novelization that kid is supposed to be D.W. Griffith, who made Birth of a Nation, and so it's supposed to be this insinuation that like this gunfight between Mad Dog and and Marty was like the birth of all movies, because like that guy's credited with being one of the original first real big filmmakers. So he hands him his gun and says, "Go kill some black people." I get, I, yeah, I, I'm. Isn't Birth of a Nation racist? Yeah, no, and I think that's probably why they cut that scene out because also it's just tenuous as hell. Like you don't need Marty inventing everything when he goes back in time. Like, yeah, it's it's a calm down movie, which they wisely cut out. So yeah, yeah. and especially that because the he's... real main plot of the movie's over at that point. We don't need like another random dropping it of Marty inventing something as we're ke- yeah. jumping into like the final act of the film here. So Seamus is like, I'll buy a new hat and I'll take care of my baby so long. And they ride off. <laughs> that was pretty good. It's Claire, Claire rolls into town and she sees the model in Doc's place and realizes he was being an old truth teller or he's a crazy old man. Either way, she wants to bone him. Well, he's got that big dick. He's, he's one of those tall guys with those big feet. So he's probably got like fucking gorilla dick. Mm-hmm. Doc and Marty catch up to the train to get on it as Claire goes after them on her horse. And they dig. They Go get to the front of the train wearing bandanas and masks and it's not a holdup, it's a science experience. Which that's from all the trailers. I was wondering why Doc and Marty even bother with disguises, because what are they are they worried about being prosecuted by the eighteen eighty five authorities for robbing a train after they go to back to the future? Uh, well, shit has gone sideways for them so many times if shit goes wrong. Although, considering that Doc does, ass. it's not part of his plan, but he does ultimately end up back living with among this community. So, yeah. at least if he's wearing a mask during the train robbery, even though it's obviously fucking Doc. And this guy, we've already established, this guy knows who Doc is. Yeah. Like, at least this kind so of they... creates a little bit of an explanation that they wouldn't immediately finger for Doc being a train robber, but yeah. They have the train stop, Marty switches it to the tracks, and they get going again, decoupling the rest of the cars from it. Yeah. And the engineers have to be standing there being like, where the fuck are they going? The, those tracks aren't done yet. Yeah. Do they think they're getting away? Which is kind of funny, because, like, I guess everyone else, they just assume that these random two dudes, including Clint Eastwood, who just saved the town, uh, just randomly decided to get up and stole a train and just drove and just suicided right off a cliff for no reason. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they took Clara, the new school teacher, with them, I guess. No, they didn't. Oh, no, because they come back, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, so what's the story, then? Is, like, Clint Eastwood just by himself lost his fucking mind? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, but they so, load a bunch of new colored Presto logs into the, uh, uh, the boiler of the, 
or into the the, mm-hmm. the, the smoke chamber, what the fuck, the, the the furnace of the the fire engine. They're yeah. color coded good... so to to, to 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 boost the speed of the the, the train and stuff. And, yeah. You know. So they get going as Clara chases them on her horse, and the log will make the shit blow up and give them a boost of speed before the boiler explodes like her boom kaboom. I like Doc's even actually created like a color coordinated uh, tool so Doc, so Marty can see when they're all gonna go off just from inside the the, the DeLorean too. So. Mm-hmm. Clara manages to get on right before the first one blasts and moves the train forward faster. As Doc moves towards uh, the front of the thing, and she moves towards I him. I don't understand what their plan here was, because Doc is supposed to get into the DeLorean while this train is like traveling at 50 miles an hour. And just with the gullwing door and everything like that, how is Doc ever going to get in there? Like, is, this know. old man's going to clamber up on top of the... like Unless he just rode on top of the DeLorean and never actually got in. Yeah, I don't understand what the plan was going to be. I know that's not the point, but it's still just like just watch, watching it last night gave me hives because I'm like, how how are they going to pull this off? But it doesn't really matter because just as Doc is about to jump on top of the DeLorean, uh, the fucking train whistle blows and he finds out like Claire is inside the, the cabin of the, the the train. Yeah, she calls for him, but he can't hear her, so she pulls the train whistle. <laughs> But they can't stop now because they've gone past the windmill. Yeah, which is a nice little thing. This movie has to do so many things to explain why people just don't stop the thing they're doing to fix it. Just like, why doesn't Marty just stop and collect all the gasoline that's leaking out of the car? No, okay, there's a bear. Okay, why don't they just stop the fucking train? Well, now they're past the yeah. point of no return. It's, it's... What the doc, what the doc do with the, the gasoline from the other DeLorean that's sitting there in the past? Which... 1955, Doc does say... He put gas in the tank when he's sending Marty in the... And so Doc would have probably drained the, the gas out of the tank before putting in the mine for 70 years. Because you think that... Oh, yeah, because I would have fucked up the yeah, engine. Yeah, does gas last long? Like, even if you, like... Even if you set aside the gas and put it in a separate container for 70 years, I don't know if it'd still be good, but yeah. Anyway, that's not the point. But uh, Clara starts uh, climbing out the side of the, 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 the train and... Yep, they go towards each other, but whoopsie doodles, that last big burst made her fall, hanging there from her dirt big old dress. I misremember oh. how complicated this ending is. I thought it was a bigger action scene. It really is just like, they steal a train, Clara falls off, the, the train explodes, and they catch her, and that's the end of the movie. That's like, yeah, it's, it's pretty simple, but yeah, the, the, the last red ah. presto log goes off and blows the smokestack off the train. Uh, yeah, Clara's hey. hanging by, like, one bit of her... Hey dress hey hey you remember that hoverboard (laughs) yeah i wonder why they highlighted the fact that marty was sleeping with his feet on at the beginning of the film just to remind you that movie that the hoverboard still exists which is a nice touch i like the fact that nice a piece of 2015 tech saves doc and clara at the end which is cute marty drops it it lands perfectly under doc's feet so he can float away with clara in his arms looking silly as fuck. it's terrible uh, well right before that <laughs> i do love when the when the red presto log goes off and the adds last burst of speed to the train it goes so fast the fucking delorean does a wheelie which that's pretty which yeah. is pretty fucking great i love that but yeah when, <laughs> when, when 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 doc flies off with clara it looks so terrible uh it's weird too because i think they misjudged like the size of the characters in the background plate because if you really look what's going on they kind of fly away off into the mountains and they put this like terrible shadow underneath doc and doc and clara and doc and clara are like 15 feet tall in relation to everything else in that shot uh it's, it's a little weird i guess they had problems because all that stuff is shot on a blue screen stage but um 
What? <laughs> Not real. <laughs> Contrary to what Bob's Mega said while doing PR for the first film, yeah, hoverboards aren't real. Uh, no, but the fact that um, Claire is wearing, Mary Steward is wearing a purple dress, which there's enough blue in that, really fucked with the blue screen. Mm. And so they had to do some extra processing and stuff, which also adds to why it looks kind of dodgy, although it doesn't explain why Mario looks so dodgy in all his blue screenshots in the movie and stuff like that. But it's a nice touch, a big Back to the Future theme, Rupp Rice, it's the big climax of the movie. The, the train hits 88 miles per hour, and for some reason, the DeLorean accelerates to like 120 miles per hour, so we can clear, clear across the bridge even before the DeLorean gets there, and or before the train can get there, and it's a good model effect so. when that train crashes into the ravine. It's... Pretty juicy. Oh, is that a model? Shut up. <laughs> no, I'm asking. No, no, if it, no was it is. A legit model, oh, you know, oh, you know. It, the the fire doesn't look as bad as models flames usually do. Uh, compared to it just came out a year before this, the model of the tank that probably falls into the same ravine at the end of last, Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade. They, I'm sure they just had, probably had a ravine right out, like you know, within driving distance of Industrial Light Magic. They probably to tossed both that Last Crusade, the Last Crusade tank model and the model of this train into the same ravine. Uh, although mm. this, uh, the, the Last Crusade uh, tank uh, had the problem of there was like a little puppet Nazi in the top of that, yeah. but obviously just looks like a doll, especially when it's crushed by the tank model. At least there's no, like, yeah, but the scale looks really good. Like all the like coal and shit falling, flying out of the train as it crashes looks really good. Yeah. What doesn't look good is the next shot from above where they added a bunch of extra smoke and like, explosion effects to like the mm. uh, the explosion from the train uh, from the top down shot, which looks really processed as hell, but that they, they just wanted to create a uh, like a white screen so you can create a nice little transition where the smoke clears and you see now it's the the, the bridge in twenty. Or uh, I keep on thinking modern day, but modern day in this movie is nineteen eighty five, not the twenty tens. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's now nineteen eighty five. Yeah. And it's the Eastwood Ravine, named after a guy that stole and destroyed a train. <laughs> lost his fucking mind, yeah. Hero and villain, I guess, to that community. Uh-oh. Another train is coming, and Marty gets out of the, the DeLorean just in time for it to get smashed. That is pretty just good. Like that Doc train, that DeLorean getting destroyed is pretty fucking good, because I'm assuming they just, like, took a bunch of spare parts from the from a DeLorean and just kind of, like, yeah, it just gets... Which, I kind of wonder if they set up how easily the, the DeLorean gets... I mean, granted, it's going to get hit by... If it gets hit, hit by a train, it's, it's going to get destroyed regardless. But the fact that the DeLorean crumples into nothing so quickly, I wonder if that was the point of... There's a line in Back to the Future 2 where they talk about how trying to disable Biff and his car in the 1950s, how if they try to land the DeLorean on top of Biff, his car's just going to cut through the DeLorean like it's made out of tinfoil because I guess the DeLorean is so poorly put together which i guess I, I don't know if that's supposed to be tied to oh deloreans suck ass. well that's i know it like they, they said that was one of the biggest problems they always had in these movies was the fact that like the deloreans are so mechanically awful that just getting the delorean yeah. just to drive not like at high speeds or anything but just to get it to work was fucking terrible oh, there's, uh, i know not everybody likes them but i'll watch them now and then yeah. the uh they're all right some of them uh, the comedians in cars are getting coffee with yeah. Seinfeld, yeah. talking to other comedians. They do a DeLorean episode where they drive around the DeLoreans, oh, yeah? and they go through, like, three because they break oh, down really? so frequently. Oh, really? That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they also had the additional problems is that the DeLoreans, 
for these movies, of course, they had to tear apart and rebuild it back together. And even then, they were like, well, we can take the opportunity to try to fix up some of the problems that are endemic to these cars. But even then, the DeLoreans would still break down just because they were so inherently terrible. Uh, it does lead to what maybe my one favorite continuity joke in this whole movie is this, uh, immediately after the DeLorean is destroyed, you get to see its uh, 2015 license plate spinning in the, uh, spinning on its axle, just like mm. the out-of-time uh, license plate did at the beginning of Back to the Future 1. That's, that's fucking... <laughs> nice. That cracks me. I don't know why that makes me laugh so goddamn hard. Um, but yeah. The DeLorean is fucking dead. I do like... Marty goes over, yeah. he sees the time circuits there, there with the flux capacitor. Like, that kind of, like, fades out. It's almost like watching, like, a heartbeat on a heart monitor kind of fade out, and, like, that's it. The time circuits are dead. And doesn't he say, like, oh, goodbye, Doc. And yeah, then I was... You got what you wanted, Doc. That's what it is. And I always forget there's, like, another 15 minutes after this, too. This is... Yeah. The, the plotting... The pacing of this ending is, like, really chunky, but... He goes home where everything's cool except him because he's a cowboy. Yeah. So he takes his new car. The Biff was waxing. Oh, until the Biff jumps Jennifer. up and he's like, what are you doing, bloodhead? He sees it's Marty. He's like, oh, hey, Marty. Uh, it kind of shows that Biff is still a secret asshole. Uh, and fucking yeah. fake Crispin Glover's there wearing a whole bunch of glasses so you don't have to see that it's not actually Crispin Glover and everything. Yeah. Marty goes to Jennifer's house, his girlfriend, to check on her, who's asleep on the porch. Well, they just left on a front porch of a crime zone Uh at the end of the (laughs) Back to the Future 2. Jesus Christ. Yeah. He smooches her awake, and she's like, I had a nice, strange nightmare. I was Claudia Wells. I was a woman ten years younger and, like, two feet shorter than me. (laughs) <laughs> and dressed in shitty 80s clothes and oh my god I mean I it's definitely an upgrade because I'm definitely much more interesting than Claudia Wells but I'm still in her shitty clothes ew um I do love so uh I I'm sure I went off about this on when we talked about adventures and babysitting but I do oh go on what's, what's the who's the actress Elizabeth Shue Elizabeth Shue mm-hmm. is great I kind of wish they could have could have gone back and done like a special edition of Back to the Future 1 and replaced Claudia Wells with the uh, Elizabeth Shue, because she's definitely better. The fucking hair they have to get her to match just looks terrible, because it's fucking awful hair and costume they had to put her in this. Which was dated, even dated by 1985, and the fact that you got a woman in this yeah, costume yeah, yeah. in 1990s, it's actually just like, oh my god. Ah. Anyway, they go to Hilldale. So, they drive around in his car, and she's like, hey, I had a dream, you got fired! I've got a fax and from the future! They drive past some bunch of houses and he's like that's where we live or is he gonna live someday it was a dream <laughs> yeah all dream yeah. and then some guy named needles pulls up next to them and is like hey you guys heard about three tomatoes they're the latest <laughs> hit band <laughs> they sang us the fruity pebbles song what's the uh-huh. what's the what's the word out parody of the of the red hot chili peppers song I have to bam, I have to bam, I have to bam you, put it in you, or whatever the fuck it was. I don't know. Got the song where it's like the rest of like the fucking, uh, what's, what's, oh god, it's where they're all in silver and shit, like it's all black and white and shit mm. like that. Yabba dabba do now. I think that's what it was. Yabba yeah. dabba do now, gotcha. Shut up, Bill. I, I do like, I didn't realize until watching it this time, Needles' gang is comprised of different, like, I think it's Casey Seismosco, who's, he's actually one, uh, he starred in one of my favorite other 90s westerns, Young Guns and Young Guns 2. Uh, he, he played the guy with the 3D glasses in Back to the Future 1. Uh, uh-huh. And, like, one of Mad Dog's gang guys. It's the guy who says, 
Nikkei, what's that? Some kind of engine language? He's like in the passenger seat of Flea's car. Which begs the question, mm. why is this not Biff? Uh, Biff descended. It's weird. I guess the Biff genes yeah. kind of skipped a skipped this generation in the Tannen family, but yeah, Nita's all like, hey, McFly! Blah, blah, blah. Cool wheels! Let's race, unless you're chicken! And Marty's like, how dare you, good sir! <laughs> he pulls out so. his gun and shoots him! <laughs> Pops him right <laughs> in the face and laughs, and that's the end of the movie. So they're gonna race. Dun, dun, dun. But hey, what a twist! <gasps> Marty put his car in reverse! Why does you he You don't go think I was stupid enough to race that asshole, do you? I love idea that Marty would suddenly kick in reverse and runs over a bunch of school children instead. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah, uh, fucking Needles goes flying forward, almost crashes into the Mercedes that Marty definitely Rolls did. Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce. And Marty's future is now open and free and he'll never make another mistake Jennifer. again. Yeah. Jennifer has some future dot matrix printer paper <laughs> that's like they're fired, but the words have gone to unvanished and she says a race. It's a race. Thanks, Jennifer. Thanks. Didn't pick up on that. It's. I love Elizabeth Shue. I don't mean to besmirch the name of Elizabeth Shue, but it's so stupid. It's a mm -hmm. race. I'm like, yeah, we just saw it. It's a movie. The whole point is that there's audio and visuals. Like, it's just. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised she's like that was the car. Like, I, I would love that she spent all of her time in all these movies. Look, the DeLorean. That DeLorean is smashed. Like when the time train shows up, she should be like, it's a time train. Why is Doc's son pointing at his penis? Yeah. Uh, anyway, but they go so back to the crime scene they, of the DeLorean's yeah. murder. Yep, where no cops or anything <laughs> are. What is up going there. on in Hill Valley? That's like an accident. The train never slowed a troy, down. A, no one. A train destroyed. A train destroyed a car, and nobody gave a. And fuck. it's one thing if the DeLorean had been destroyed in like some kind of backlot or something. Like, but this is like in the middle of a major intersection in this, this Southern yeah. California town, and no one cares. But yeah. So Marty's like, I'm gonna miss that old fool, but Kablamso! I do like time traveling train shows up. I do like the bit where like you, you see that the cross guards for the train crashing uh, crossing start coming down. I like the lead up to the train show, but yeah, the mm. the, the blast from the uh, uh, dis I guess the time space displacement knocks the Marty and Jennifer on their asses. Yeah. It's a cool train. It's that old. It's old Jules Verne steampunk. Before steam steampunk really became a thing, but. This this asshole can make this giant train. And I I know it's been a couple years, yeah. but he was able to fit in making this thing between fucking the shit out of his wife. But he couldn't fucking do gas or anything. He Whatever. couldn't do gas. Oh, you mean do the, he couldn't? Help. He wasn't better help during the rest of this yeah. film. But like now, he suddenly yeah. I'm wondering if like he was able to build like a very much smaller time machine. And went straight to 2015 to bring back all the parts he could build. My guesstimate would be that if they had to explain it, they'd probably say, well, he got components out of the hoverboard. Oh, that's true. They got... Uh, probably that. something in there. That's a really good that. point. I didn't think about it. Because he might mm -hmm. have the walkie-talkies. He would have. He would at yeah. least have the hover hoverboard... And a walkie-talkie left, so who knows what he yeah. could have done with that? And Holy he only honest. would have to go far, far enough into the future, post nineteen forty-seven, to get at least the components to build the original version of the time machine. Now that he's already built one time machine, and and he, yeah, I mean, yeah, especially if he made his first time jump like far enough for the future that like, like, 
he, God knows, she probably, like, both to get a future tech to build an even bigger time train time machine, and also just to play, like, who knows, maybe he took some fucking old-timey shit from, like, 1885 into the future, sold it as an antique, and that was the money how he, and that's how he got the money to build the time train or something like that, but it is kind of funny that, like, not a, not a lot of time has passed. I mean, it gets long enough for them to have two kids that are, like, in their, like, like they're both, like, ten years old. They're, like, so it's been, like, a decade yeah, at he's least. Yeah, like... He's like, hey, meet my two sons, Jules and Vern. You get it? What's a Vern, you, you fucking little creepy motherfucker? God, for children, the corn... And this is the thing everyone's made fun of, is this kid's pointing at his penis. While, like, yeah. Doc is, like, giving this link to the spiel about, the future is what you make it, which is totally not what Doc's been about any of the... Uh, any other time in these films, but suddenly now he's like, uh... But, yeah, the kid's, like... Well, she, that's because Jennifer's like, Doc, I got this paper <laughs> What's it from mean? the future. Yeah. And now it's, it say you're fine, but now it doesn't. Doc's like, future's what you make it, so make it a good one. And now I'm off to make the steampunk convention rounds yeah. and blow some minds. Uh, he does, he does, he does like, he's like, you guys might want to get out of the, the country after about 2015, though. So go, <laughs> yeah. get, move out of the United States. Find a small secluded cabin. Just hide out for like a couple decades. Just yeah, just, just heads up. So 2015 is as good as it gets, actually. Ironically enough, for the for America. But yeah, the train lifts up into the air and flies up and around and towards the camera and kaboosh it in. And it actually cuts and to the end rather than to be continued like the other films did. And it's just yeah. I can't wait to see what old Robert Zemeckis cooks up next. God, what did he do next after this? I don't, I don't even want to know. Pants of light speed. Oh, I'm looking. Cause uh, he did. Uh, 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 what the fuck? This is part of this Correct. podcast. It gets really quiet as we both look up the same yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to talk. Oh, um, uh, TV movie Death Becomes, Becomes Her. Her, which isn't. I've yeah, never seen it. Right. I've seen the commercials. Yeah, he did Death Becomes Her. That's then he did right. Forrest Gump. Contact, which yeah. I've always considered doing the, for the podcast, but I've always heard that's garbage. Contact, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's only uh, just a little bit. Uh, Fourteen years after Back to the Future Part Three, he did the Polar Express and totally destroyed his career. For the Polar Express is so bad. Oh my god, the Polar Express is so ass nasty. Um, there's no crazy trivia about this movie, really, other than. Oh, hold on. It's. it's I'm peeing. No, go ahead. So, I, well, I can rave while you're you, peeing. Yeah, you rave. Yeah. I pee. It's becoming a thing. <laughs> you have to unload while Bill unloads. Uh, so, yeah, the original script for this movie was... Originally, it was only supposed to be one film. And it involved... Um, they kind of repeated the same plot of the first movie in that... Uh, Doc and Marty go back in time and they accidentally fuck up... Nuts... They fuck up Marty's actual conception. I know they did that in the first film, but this is specifically... They traveled like, the 1967, the year the, that Marty was supposed to be born. And they bump into Marty's parents again, but now they're like, supposed to be, like, hippies. Which doesn't make sense, because if, if Marty's parents graduated in 1955, by 12 years later, they would be too old. They would be, like, in their 30s, which is a little bit... I mean, not... I mean, there were hippies in their 30s back in the day, but, like... Like there's a whole bunch of college campus stuff. Like they were supposed, to, they were supposed to be college students at least. I think, I think maybe, as a whole thing. But like, yeah, the original version of this movie was as like, like it was like five minutes of 2015 shit. Then they go back in time, but instead of going to alternate universe, instead of going back to 1955, they have to go back to 1967. And it was a whole bunch of hippie jokes and shit like that. 
And Great. yeah, that's you heard the only Everybody interesting loves part. Hippie jokes. And but they realized Did you? that that really didn't make sense from, from even a timeline perspective. So they're like, well, okay, well, if we do two movies, also, if you can travel through time, why would you just go like ten years from the the other one? Where's the baby? <laughs> I bet he wants to hear about yeah. the original idea for Back to the Future Three. Um, yeah. but yeah, so well, and I guess there was always they they were like, well, maybe. Like, well, like uh, instead of 1967, what if they went to the Old West and they were like, well, we still can't make all of this fit into a single film. So they're like, let's make two films. We'll make the whole Wild West stuff its own film and all the 19, uh, all the 2015, all the, all the alternate universe 1985 stuff will make its own film. And so that's how they split that up into two different films. And yeah, it sounds like it was a year of hell of filming both of these movies back to back throughout all of 1989, but... And they did it, mm-hmm. and it turns out to be a pretty good little trilogy they made. Yeah. Um, despite uh, what the end of the first Back to the Future film looked like, it, it was never meant to be. There were never meant to be sequels. They only added the to-be-continued thing at the end of Back to the Future 1 when Back to the Future uh, hit video. And so, mm. and they always said that, like, they, if they had known that they were going to make sequels to Back to the Future, they would have not put Marty's girlfriend in the car with Doc and Marty because... Like she's kind of narrative dead weight, and which is they kind of come up with something. They could have done something more interesting than just like knocking her out and putting her in her garbage can for two movies. But um, she it would have been interesting if she had like, especially if you're gonna recast her as Elizabeth Shue, she could have been a cool character running around with Doc and Marty. But even physically, she would not fit in the car with those guys very well. Um, but yeah, Back to the Future Three, not it's a good movie. Not nearly as good yeah. as the first one, which is, like, what I... I still Way think that is, like, a perfect film, but... Way better than a third movie of any franchise. That's the other one of the things, too, because, like, yeah, if you're talking about movie picture... Uh, movie trilogies, Back to the Future 3 may be one of the better ones out there. Because I can't think of, like... Maybe except for, like, Return of the King, but definitely, like, better than, like, The Matrix, or... I'll even admit it's a better third film in a trilogy than, than, than Thunderdome, or... Mm. I can't think of anything else. Pirates of the Caribbean, or any of that shit so yeah but back to the future three uh everyone loves it even though it's 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 more cute than it is like great but it's it's yeah it's a nice wrap-up to such a gentle and good humored little movie trilogy and yeah yeah, i can't believe it's 30 years old now and i am dust in the wind because like i said i still remember (laughs) like the summer i spent like reading that that novelization (laughs) while at the mall and Oh my god, that's 30 years ago. We're all getting old. Speaking of getting Heck old, yeah. what are we doing next? Speaking of getting old, some something that's very, very Lord. old. We're going to talk about going back to Disney for decades. It's our next movie after Pinocchio, so that's going to be Fantasia. And I get, I'm excited for Bill to be bored out of his mind by many segments. In that. one of the most boring movies ever made. I'm curious to see how your plot... I mean, there's still... The movie doesn't have, like, an overarching plot, but at least the constituent parts kind of do. Except for maybe the yeah. dance of the hippos. Like, what's the plot? I'm trying to even think what they... Because at least in Sorcerer's Apprentice, there's a story because Mickey's trying to clean up and use magic as a shortcut. And yeah, you've got Night of Bald Mountain. There's a little bit of narrative there. But, like, isn't there dinosaurs and shit? No one yeah. ever talks about the dinosaur stuff. There's the fucking, there's the fucking sexy horse people. With uh-huh. the tits. Yep, just nipples, right? Which in a I Disney think is movie. still edited on Disney Plus. 
Because they came mm. out, they were like original, like, oh yeah, all these movies are going to be unedited on the shit, but they're like, oh, let's let's still keep an edited version of Fantasia and CGI hair on Daryl Hannah's butt cheeks for Splash, but... Well, we'll have to find the, the nipple version somewhere. Yeah. In some sort of dumpster or something. Because every, every Disney nipple is precious. Um, it is. But yeah, we'll be talking about that next week. Man, but Back to the Future, what do we got to talk about? Oh, Back to the Future movie. I don't know if we'll ever talk about another one. There's no reason, again, for a, mo- for a podcast called Tart of the Party, we should not be talking about more Back to the Future movies, but I don't know. It's not about, insert joke I about time fine. travel here uh, in terms of... Yeah, perfect. You know, Tarty, triple T to the P's. Um, but yeah. So, he's Modern on Twitter. I'm the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. Tardy Podcast on Twitter. TardyPodcast.com. Shares around, whatever, all that stuff. Smash that subscribe button. Hit the bell and the subscribe, yeah. Mm-hmm. All that stuff that I hate that make me click away from a video as soon as somebody says, Ah, oh, smash that subscribe button. I'm like, please. No. Uh, it's the channel I follow, Toy Galaxy. They did an initial thing. Rather than telling people to smash that button and subscribe, they'll have a little animation in the corner that'll pop up just saying, Hey, it'll be like an animation of a cursor floating over a subscribe button and clicking it and then just disappears. Just as a visual reminder mm. of, like, Hey, if you want to subscribe, but it's, they're not taking time out of the video to say, hey, smash that like button and subscribe, which is nice. So I yeah, think that was one of the more interesting workarounds I've seen people do. But yeah. So that was Back to the Future 3. It's fine. It's pretty it's good. A good movie, I guess. Yeah. It's 30 uh-huh. years old now. Uh-huh. That's that's the real reason why we're talking about it today. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about some real old Garbo Garbo next time. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's Fantasia, it. and then we've got a long stretch of... Shorts again, I think. Uh, is it, or do we have another movie? No, I think it's. I think okay. it's a bunch of shorts, a bunch of shorts. Then it's Saludos Amigos, three... or something like that. But it's it's the rest okay. of the '40s, and then I, then I think it's Saludos Amigos and the Three Caballeros, and then there's like some more Where's shorts, and then Dumbo, Dumbo, Dumbo. Okay. Yeah, well, you like uh, this is what I didn't realize until we were talking about Pinocchio uh, uh, two weeks ago. Pinocchio and Fantasia came out in the same year. So yeah. it makes sense that there would be a little bit of a stretch before the next feature, because they knocked out two features in one year. And I think mm-hmm. Dumbo is 1941. I'm assuming it must be later 1941, because, like I said, they had put so much work into this. That's a lot of output. The fact that they put out three features in two years is fucking nuts. Yeah. And I agree. Yeah, but we'll be talking about that next week. If we can get through Fantasia, we can get through anything. Not that Fantasia is bad, but the fact that we do the blow-by-blow... Is going to present at least a little bit of a challenge, but not so much because, like I said, I think all the individual segments do have a narrative to cling to, even if the whole movie itself does. Certain ones, yeah. yeah so, but yeah, we'll, sometimes we'll, it's just a bunch of mushrooms dancing. Which for is a fine. That should minutes. look gorgeous, but it's a little harder to talk about other yeah. than like, oh yeah, I want to fuck them hippos. Yeah, yeah. I hope the crocodiles don't eat those hippos because I want to fuck that hippo. Uh-huh. Oh. oh yeah. All right, well, until next time, you keep filling your holes with pop culture. I'm going to go listen to my favorite band, Three Tomatoes. So we'll see you next time, everybody. Thank you. Fuck you. Can you say, hey, can you say bye-bye? Bye-bye. Bye-bye.